AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on your Tuesday nights. It is July 18th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue right here on Tuesday Night Titans, joined by my very esteemed co-host, Andrew Baydala. What is going on, buddy? And we seem to have lost Andrew already. Oh, my goodness. Look, he left me like everybody else did. Holy shit. Something went wrong, apparently. Let me see what's going on here. Hold on, man. I lost him already, man. It's been one of those weeks. It's been one of those weeks. Hold on. Let's see what we got here. There he is. There he is. Let me join the stream. There there he is. What happened? I don't know. Can you hear me? (laughs) I hear you. I don't know what the fuck happened, man. All right. Let me, uh, wait a minute. Why are you, uh, I don't need to be, uh, hold on. This is uh, just you. There you go. There you go. Full screen. There you go. I can hear you now. Things are better. There you go. I don't know what happened there, man. One of those uh, funny situations. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Normally I could hear the music player and I couldn't hear anything. I was like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, I mean, it's one of those days, man. You know, you ever, you ever wake up and just nothing goes right? It's one of those days that I'm having. Internet connections everywhere, problems, just uh, computer issues. I got stuck in an hour traffic today. It's one of those days. It happens, but you want to know it's all about perspective, right? I know. I know. I I have no patience, though. From, uh, you know, from one New Yorker to the other, man, I have no patience. I mean, I'm with you. (laughs) I get it. All right, man. What do you want to to start off with, man? We got a lot of shit to get into here. And um, I don't know. You uh, uh, let me see. Can everybody see Drew? He keeps going out on my end. I don't know why. Everybody in the chat see Drew? I have I don't have the stream up, so I wouldn't know. He's showing Check. up in the he's showing you're showing up here. Uh I don't uh, I don't know why it hasn't I can oh, that, see myself on YouTube. There you go. So it keeps, anyway. you keep going in. All right, there you go. We'll just run with it. I don't know why it keeps uh I guess I have to uh keep it on that. I don't know. Something something weird's going on. Hold on, let me let me f- click this off and keep this on here. Um, there seems to be an issue with StreamYard, it looks like, but, uh, uh, you keep going in and out, and I don't really know why. Oh, technical difficulties, man. It didn't, I don't know why it did, uh, it took you off the stream again. I don't, I don't, I have no idea what's going on here. Hey, it happens. It's live, it's, it's. It's live, pal. Right? Yeah. We're live, pal. Yeah. It's live, pal. Whatever, All right. the, whatever the saying is, we're live. We're here. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that you stay on screen and uh, we get through this. There you go. All right, man. Like I said, we have uh, we have a lot to get into tonight. 
And uh, I'll leave you, being that uh, I'm a fucking mess over here, I'll leave you to start things off, man. What do you want to talk about first here? Well, you're kind of... Mentioned it in the uh, opening monologue here. Uh, the Wyatt Six faction, a real thing. It seemed like the reports going around the internet are that it, it is. It was going to be a real thing. Um, it seems as if there were going to be five other members, including uh, Bray Wyatt, which, I mean, all signs kind of point to that. When he came back, he being Bray, I believe it was, uh, what pay-per-view was it? Um, uh, it was Extreme Rules, I think, he came back. Man, I can't even remember. Extreme rules, yeah. yeah. And he came back and we saw all the different characters in the arena and it kind of seemed like they were teasing a uh, sister Abigail and then we had an Uncle Howdy and it just seemed like this was a real thing. So would you have liked to have seen that, JD? Or was uh, it kind uh, of like passe at this point? As far as the characters, no, I would not have wanted to see that as far as the characters. Uh, I, I think that is, uh, that's way too childish for me. I think we have been there, done that with Bray. I don't know if that's going to be the plan moving forward when he when he comes back. If he comes back, it's more of an if uh, in regards to him. But what I wanted ultimately was a little bit more of an adult-like theme for, for Bray Wyatt. I wanted him to ditch the shit that he did with Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss and move on from that, tie up those loose ends, and really take the character into a different direction while paying homage and closing up whatever he needed to do with the previous chapter of his, of his character run and his career and the story that he was trying to tell there. I, I think if we, if we seen these people come out as, I, I think one of the names was Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett was supposed to work with, with Bray Wyatt. Eric Young was supposed to be a part of this thing. Bo Dallas was supposed to be a part of this thing. I don't know how that would have transitioned and translated to the main roster. If they came out and we knew they were those, those characters and, they were going to be what? Just characters on TV? Were they going to wrestle? Were they going to come out dressed as the characters and then take off the masks and then get in the ring and wrestle? Hey, this is, uh, this is, um, I don't know, Huskus the pig and fucking, uh, the, the bird or whatever the fuck his name is. I mean, it's, it's just stupid. It's childish. Like, I want that. What I wanted was a reincarnation of the Wyatt family with, with, with an adult like yeah. theme, like humans. I don't want fucking puppets. Yeah, and I get that. Um, to me, you know, maybe it gives a, a new lease on life to some of these characters or, you know, professional wrestlers like Mike Bennett and like Eric Young, who are kind of doing nothing. Uh, Eric Young was a backstage producer and stuff like that. But for me, I agree with you. Um, I would have liked to have seen who Uncle Howdy was and we could have went with that. But I really want, like we discussed last week, I really want Bray Wyatt to go back to Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. I don't really want the... I mean, it, the Firefly Funhouse was cool. It was giving him something to do, and it was entertaining. But for me, um, I just want the Eater of Worlds back, you know? Yeah, uh, I don't know if he – I don't know how he's going to transition back to the main roster because I think there's a lot of trust that is lost there if he comes back. Uh, I know a lot of people are willing to embrace him and are, are going to embrace him, but, you know, with, with the rumors of him going away and the illness and, you know, the lack of, of story there – when he started off and came back so hot again, you know, it's going to take a lot of work to really build up that, that fanfare and that trust and that hype in Bray Wyatt, because right now I think he's damaged goods and who, who knows if he even wants to be back. I mean, it transitions right into our next story. Eric Young was supposed to be a part of this drew and he left the WWE and he cited Vince McMahon as the reason, moral reasons, creative reasons. He was signed and brought back in November of last year. He was rumored to be a part of the, the Wyatt universe Triple H brought him back. Everybody thought Vince McMahon was gone. We, we were all wrong on that. He showed up in WWE as, uh, as a part of Sanity and NXT, got fired, 
And then he was brought back when Vince was supposed to be gone, only to sit out till April, Drew. They, they let him go in, in April 2023, right before WrestleMania, and he asked for it because he knew Vince McMahon was there, and he didn't want to work with Vince McMahon. So I, I don't know how people think of this story. I'm genuinely curious to see how you feel about this because you know, you know how I feel. Everybody knows how I feel about this. Like if Eric Young was oh, yeah, looking at— yeah, really. If Eric Young was looking at Triple H as his boss, I don't think he'd be asking for his release, bro. So I think it's very telling with what Eric Young did, why he left, and who really is running the show over there. Yeah, um, I will say this. I don't think that um, Eric Young would have... I mean, I think it's an easy way to get out. I think Eric Young probably saw the writing on the wall and just wanted to split. I think Vince McMahon is an easy scapegoat. I understand that some people both male and female may not want to work with him for him, whatever the case may be. But uh, I think Eric Young wanted out. And uh, I don't think if Triple H was in charge, it would have mattered. Only Eric Young can really speak on that. This is just my interpretation because he was quickly um, involved with TNA. Very, you know, it, it, th- this didn't happen overnight. It just seemed like that was a calculated plan. And um, for me, you know, um, I love sanity, loved Eric Young. Um, really thought that they dropped the ball at that group, even though Nikki went on to what she went on to be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen more out of Sanity, but realistically, um, I think that would be legit. You know, there was there was rumors about them coming back. I don't know if you recall on Monday night, Nikki Cross was talking about uh, something along the lines of her friends coming back, and uh, she's going to be aligned with her friends. And she was in this little thing with Candice LeRae that obviously got dropped out of nowhere. So who knows if that would have been leading to an also uh, an Eric Young inclusion? Maybe maybe they were going to reform Sanity with uh, with Triple H in charge. I have no idea, but you know, like you said, he saw the writing on the wall. And honestly, from from me to you, I don't even think he fits over there. To be quite honest with you, I mean, I never WWE. Saw any, yeah, I never I never saw anything special in Eric Young. He's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong, but he's not really the type of guy that WWE looks for to put on their television. He'd be nothing more than an enhancement talent. Uh, as far right. as Vince McMahon is concerned, I mean, he's got a raspy voice. He's not really a good promo, you know, in Vince McMahon's eyes. I don't really mind him as a promo, but he doesn't fit there. He doesn't fit the mold. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, EY's back in TNA, Eric yeah. Young's back in TNA. And I think he wanted to wrestle and I think WWE was never going to give him that crack. Maybe house shows, maybe a little bit of TV time, but nothing to the extent where probably Eric wanted. So it's just very easy to be like, Hey, you want to know what we let me blame Vince. Yeah, and that's that's what I think is happening here, because I think if this was really a problem, I think you'd see a mass exodus from WWE and we're not seeing that. So, yeah, but who's really going to have the balls to do that, though? I mean, a lot of people talk tough on Twitter and everywhere else. So, I mean, there's a there's another company handing out millions of dollars. <laughs> they got more money than WWE. Yeah. If you got the balls to be like, I wouldn't work for this pig, blah, 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 blah. All right. Put your money where your mouth is then. What about Nick Aldis, bro? Nick Aldis was with Impact. And Nick Aldis is, uh, he's being eyed for a WWE role. Not as an in-ring performer, though, at 36 years old. The rumor is that WWE is eyeing him as a producer. So I had, of course, because everything I say on social media needs to have some sort of backlash. Well, what, what, if, what if this is what he wants to do? You want to? You don't? I don't think we want to go here, do we? Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't want to go there. But I mean, how is that what he wants to do? He never gave any indication that he wants to retire. Thirty-six years old, bro. No. Nick, listen, Nick Aldis. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Nick Aldis. I think everybody kind of knows I what Nick Aldis familiar. is capable of. Right? I've called a couple of his matches in House of Glory. He's one of the best storytellers in all the industry. He's in incredible shape. He's married to a WWE mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Mickey James. So he, he fits right in there with that, and I, I feel like 
he he, ju- he just emits the 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 presence of a champion. Like he's just he's just very regal and very old school. I don't know how you yeah. can't find a way to make money with this guy, and you want to make him a fucking producer. Yet I got people telling me, "Well, this is what he wants to do, maybe." Well, why? Uh, no, that's not what he wants to do. Give me a break. Yeah, well, I don't see Mickey uh, Mickey James over in WWE right now, or no, maybe, no I think she's hurt. anytime soon. Maybe she does. Yeah, man, maybe she goes back there as a producer. I think the women's division could use her. I mean, any company could use her for a producer standpoint. Um, and Nick Aldis, um, very, very familiar with his work. He was actually so kind to myself and some other of my friends um, at the very first uh, StarCast, and I believe it was All In. Yeah, uh, I was defended there. The champ- yeah, he defended the championship against Cody Rhodes, and that's where Cody won the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Yep. Uh, I think Nick is a great, great talent and somebody who any company would be beneficial to have on their roster. Now, if 36 is old, then I guess I'm old because me and Nick are the same age. Jesus Christ, um, I'm 40, I'm 41. What the fuck does that make me? Right. So <laughs> I, what I'm saying is a lot of the, if you go back and look, you know, when people are saying he's 36, he's old. LA Knight's 40. Damian Priest is 40. Austin really didn't get started like hot, hot, hot until his late 30s. The Rock was an exception to the rule. So was Brock. So we could throw them out the window. AJ Styles is 44. Bobby Lashley's 48, right? Edge Brock is, fifth, Les- Edge yeah. is what, 49? Yeah, and I mean, like, we could stop with that. I mean, the Kurt Angle got started late. I mean, and it, age is just a number. Charlotte Flair's 37 years old. Right, and you want to know what? Like, Nick <laughs> is in phenomenal shape, and I think that he could. The thing that I, his gimmick is already being used so well, in yeah. my opinion, in WWE with Gunther and Imperium. He could easily, you know, join up with them. But realistically, like the top dog and the leader is Gunther. So, I mean, where does Nick fit? Is Nick a foil to Gunther? I don't think so. Is Nick going to be, you know, he could be their manager or something. Sure. Could he be um, a a part of Imperium? Absolutely. But realistically, does he get lost in the shuffle? He might, you know? Yeah, it's tough. You know, now that you break it down, it is tough, but. I mean, this is WWE, this is World Wrestling Entertainment, the biggest pro wrestling company in the world. If they can't find something to do for him, then nobody's going to find anything to do with Nick Aldis. And there is AEW, right? There's yeah, always why, a, let there's me ask always you, AEW. why isn't AEW all over this guy? I don't know. You, 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 I don't know. It's a good question. I, I don't know he if... He fits. He fits perfectly there. I don't know if he has any history of backstage ego or backstage problems to a point where he wouldn't fit into that environment. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they have they have a ton of talent over there that could fit in with Nick Aldis, work with Nick Aldis, have a great program with Nick Aldis. But, you know, again, it just goes back to what you said with WWE. Where does he fit? You know, well, he fits he, he on would, collision. He would fit perfect on collision. He really would. Why not? And you want to know what? He's a hell of a, uh, a mic man. He's a hell yeah. of a stick worker. I mean, why the hell not? You know, and and that's a lot of professional wrestling, a lot of guys and girls and the fans in here in the chat. Uh, don't understand that you need to be able to talk. You need to have all the tools to get over in the professional wrestling business. It doesn't matter if you're a great in-ring performer. Great. You know, Shinsuke, fantastic wrestler, one of my favorites. But the problem is, is that he doesn't know a lot of English, he being Shinsuke. So it's hard for him to continuously get over in that arena. He could go to AEW and probably get over very, very well. But I just think that, you know, Nick has all the tools. So I think he should. Maybe it's him. Maybe he only. Maybe he doesn't want to work for AEW or WWE right now. Maybe the touring schedule is not what he wants. Maybe he wants to set his own schedule. I don't know. That's a good point, too. I mean, you know, it's going to be a very interesting story to follow because there was 
a rumor going around that Triple H wanted to bring him in. Then there was this supposed hiring freeze, not really confirmed. I think Sap mentioned something about WWE kind of halting on talent, and that was the term that was used, but it was never really confirmed by WWE. They stopped. Yeah, I can, I can touch on this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I was under the impression that Nick Aldis was going to be in the Royal Rumble this year, and whether I had, you know, been uh, misled or whatever the case may be, I was pretty certain that Nick Aldis was going to be brought into the Royal Rumble, and he wasn't. And to me, that seemed like maybe this hiring freeze was real. So Yeah. Yeah, I, do. I believe the hiring freeze was real. You know, I actually kind of called it out when they gave Logan Paul a contract extension. I mean, you don't want to bring in Jay White. I get it. Jay White's not Logan Paul, but you want to sign this guy for X amount of money, but you don't want to bring in a fucking guy that's going to give you five, six years as a potential face of the company, future of the company. And it's kind of it's kind of silly to me. We're you know? talking about two completely different things. I know. Entities, I, know. So. I, I just, I just yeah. prefaced it. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. Jay White, Jay White is a, Jay White is so much better off. Yes. No offense to the WWE fans out there. Jay White is so much better off in AEW than he is in WWE. Now, that's not to say what happens in three to four years. Jay White might be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, superstars that WWE missed out on. I get that. But what Jay White's doing in AEW right now with Juice Robinson on collision with FTR, he's absolutely killing it. And his stock is only going to rise. He is a young man. So let him do his thing and let him continue to rise through the ranks. And listen, WWE will want him more. And hopefully Jay is continuing to uh, ascend. But normally when you have a merger or a purchase, like you mentioned, there is a hiring freeze. That's just business. Yeah. So Uh, hiring freeze and there will be budget cuts as soon as we get uh, closer to that, uh, that looming merger with UFC and WWE. That's going to be uh, chaotic to say the least. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens when we cross that bridge. We'll talk about Jay White a little bit later. Cause we have uh, notes on FTR and bullet club gold with that 57 minute tag team match. Did you see that shit on Saturday? Oh my God. One of the best. <laughs> and I, you know, I came home from a football tournament and I was wiped and I uh, made a tequila and I sat down and watched that. And I was, I'm not much of like um, a Meltzer five-star guy yeah. because that's just one man's opinion. But holy shit, I was like, wow, this match is... This has got to be one of the best matches I've seen since... Every tag match that FTR's in that you think is going to be, like, really, really good just exceeds that. I mean, the, the stuff from TakeOver and then the stuff with the um, the Young Bucks. I mean, FTR, in my opinion, I've gotten a lot of shit for this, but FTR is one of the best tag teams in the world. Man, you... you, uh, I think it was you when we did uh, a Spaces not too long ago. It might have been earlier in the year, and, and you raised the question because it was it was uh, a bunch of our people in the Spaces, and you, you posed the question about FTR. Are they the best tag team in the world? Uh, you, you went on to say... I think it was you. You said that FTR is going to go on to be the best tag team of all time. Yeah, it's you the know? Road Warriors, it's the Usos, and it's FTR. Yeah. And realistically, if FTR continues on this... yeah. Love Jimmy and Jay. They've had a hell of a run, but um, FTR, again, I said I think they're the best tag team in the world, and I think they could go on to be the best tag team to ever do it, and I stand by that. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. There's so. two different there's two different types of tag teams. You got the Usos, who are much more storyline driven. You know, you really can't compare the two right now because they're both doing completely separate things. You got the Usos doing the very you know uh, emotional storyline driven narrative on WWE television. They got FTR. Uh, who I think is the best in-ring tag team in the world right now. Not to take anything away from the Usos, but right now they're operating on two completely different wavelengths, but they're headed towards the same direction. So you, either one, if you want to argue with me about the Usos or FDR, I'm not going to fucking sit here and say, no, you're wrong, man. You, you take either one of them, you you, you got a, a solid opinion there. So Yeah, and people were like, what about the Dudleys and Edge of Christian and, I was, and the Hardys? And I was like, listen, 
those tag teams, all fantastic. And they had their height and everything else like that. But all of those guys, Jeff went on to become a singles champion. Edge became a singles champion. Christian FTR is a tag team for life. Yeah. You're not seeing Dax or, or anybody cash Lee. They're not being singles guys. They're not. And could they maybe, but I mean like Jay White and juice Robinson are both singles champions in their own right. FTR and Matt and, and Nick from the Young Bucks are like, the, and Jimmy and Jay, even though we're seeing Jay get a push, a singles one, are the last like real tag teams in the world, in my opinion, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about more about Jay White because I'm very, very big on Jay White right now when we get to the AW Collision stuff. Uh, there's yeah. another there's another guy, Drew, that, um, you know, right now could be a free agent and he landed at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with him. He's Brian Pillman Jr., and right now, nobody knows where he's going to land. A lot of rumors are going around that AEW did not extend his contract for whatever reason. And a lot of people are saying, including me, it may be best if he ends up in WWE because I could definitely see him being an asset on NXT on Tuesday nights if they want to utilize him. Uh, what do you think about Brian Pillman Jr. and him landing in WWE? Is that the most logical landing spot for Brian Pillman Jr. right now? I, you know, I love Brian Pillman Jr. I think Brian Pillman Jr. has a lot to offer. I think the tag team with uh, him and, you know, you know Giff or, Griff are good. Um, but I think Brian Pillman Jr. Could, has all the potential in the world to be a major single star. Uh, he just needs to get some things uh, figured out, and I think he will. And I think WWE is the spot for him. I think he should go to NXT. Um, I know that he's a name and has established himself, but there's been many um, guys and girls who go through NXT who are already well-established somewhere else. Get back to knowing television, WWE's way of television. And realistically, like he could be NXT champion within six to seven months, if not sooner. And then he could be a major focal point on Raw or SmackDown. The name itself, his last name is going to get him so far in this business. It already has. And I just think that Brian Pillman Jr., um, has all the potential to be a top star here in the next couple of years. You know, with Shawn Michaels running the show there and, and Triple H and his passion for the old school and making the old school kind of new again, I think he'll be salivating over Brian Pillman Jr. landing in WWE. The, the shit that they could do with him. I remember when Brian Pillman landed in WWF and they had that press conference. I don't know if you remember, Drew. He was shoving Gorilla Monsoon and he was fucking talking shit about Jack yeah. Tunney. And who, I mean, that's the type of shit that I'd like to see. I don't want to see him be a mirror of his father, but I'd like to see some of that kind of incorporated while he also continues to be his own man. And, and I think Shawn Michaels and Triple H would get a kick out of that and really have a blast by bringing him on in for NXT. I, I think that would be the greatest thing for him. And, and though I thought the Varsity Blondes were a very good tag team, I just didn't think, I didn't think Tony Khan really went all the way with them. I don't think he really, he really squeezed the orange and, and got as much juice as he could out of with, with Brian Pillman and that tag team. I thought they were a solid tag team and they never got their footing. And then they moved Julia Hart away from the group, and she's doing bigger and better things than both of them ever did in AEW, which is yeah. sad, yeah. you know? I agree. You know, I proposed something a long time ago. I would have liked to have seen AEW. I know it's never going to happen, but WWE have a trade. I would send the Viking Raiders over to AEW, and you could give me the Butcher and the Blade over in WWE because I think they could be useful there, and the Varsity Blondes. I think that trade would have been, you know, exponential uh, returns for both companies. But I agree with you. I think Pillman Jr., over in WWE is the best way to go. I was going to ask if you thought he was mismanaged in WWE and mis- or AEW and misused, yeah. and you kind of answered that. So, um, you know, I want to talk about another announcer being signed by AEW and, and Ring of Honor. Um, I love me some Ian Riccoboni, but, I mean, for me, uh, he did well. 
Ian did well last uh, Saturday on Collision, but it just seems like they have a ton of announcers and so like little desks for them to be. I'm not talking about the size. There's just not enough chairs. And I don't like the three man boots. I don't, I think it's just, they talk over each other at times. I love Taz. I love Excalibur. I love Shivani, but I mean, you have Jr. You have Ian. Now you have, in my opinion, the best play-by-play man that AW has, which is Kevin Kelly. And then you have uh, Nigel McGuinness. I mean, they have such a long list of announcers. I, is it too much, JD? I don't, I don't think it's too much. Um, on Collision, I haven't felt that way at all in five weeks so far since the show has debuted. Kevin Kelly's great. You know, I, I said this from day one. I was very happy to hear Kevin Kelly was going to get the spot. And Nigel McGinnis, you guys know I love Nigel and Morrow, one of uh, probably my favorite commentary team of this, of this current generation in NXT Black and Gold. Nobody touched their passion at all. It made the show what it was. So when I found out he was there, it was... One of the best signings that Tony Khan had uh, done so far. Kevin Kelly's great, but the thing that I said on Saturday with Jesse Drew is that if Kevin Kelly's going to be away for several weeks, uh, a few times a year, and you have a backup like Ian Riccoboni taking his spot, I mean, that's a fucking major one-two combination, and oh, yeah. it gives Tony Khan a nice a nice cushion to really lean on it and, and feel like, hey, my show's not going to really dip in quality with, with my main guy being out for a few weeks. I got this other guy who's going to come on in and fill in, and he's just as fucking good. I mean, he, I thought he did incredible on Saturday night. Meanwhile, on Monday night, we're struggling to find ways to stay asleep with fucking Kevin Patrick there. He's fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, a, it's a miss from Kevin Patrick. No, if I, I was WWE, I would really start to... You want to start plucking talent away from AEW? Take some of their announcers. Yes. Truthfully. Absolutely. I don't know why they haven't really done that. And listen, I don't want to I don't want to sit here and, and hate on Kevin Patrick for no reason. I'm sure he's mm. a swell guy. I said he's probably a blast to fucking out, you know, drop a couple of Guinness with. It's great. But him as a commentator, he's not doing that show any any favors at all. He doesn't call with- the ma- he doesn't he doesn't call the matches. He's not charismatic. Corey Graves is always fucking trying to you correct things that he's not saying and call the match when he's not. Bro, Titus O'Neil was on the show last night. And I had more of a good time listening to Titus do color than listening to Kevin Patrick. Yeah, uh, Titus needs a little bit more work, um, and he'll get it, but I agree with you. Um, Kevin Patrick, the thing with WWE is they want the look, right? They want to be able to put you on camera and that you look a certain way. Um, and so, I, you know, Kev- so why, Kevin why, Patrick- why, why, why did they fire Tom Phillips? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Was that a reason why they fired Tom Phillips? Yeah, there was a reason. He's a pervert. Oh, is that, is that, he got ousted for that. I didn't, I didn't remember that. Yeah, he's a pervert. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, that sucks. I mean, man, he was good, I, though. 
He was good. Yeah, and he had the look and everything else like that. But I mean, listen, um, you know, to each their own. It's I just guess, he got I guess, I guess impact, impact doesn't mind, huh? No, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. He's talented. I don't know. Um, you know, I, to me, it's it's that's where WWE struggles is. Uh, Corey Graves is it, probably one of the best. You know, he's yeah. so witty, so good. Michael Cole, for all the shit that he got for so many years, is so good. Yeah, like, he, so he, good. he is better now than he ever was. I mean, he, he how long has he been doing this? 25 years? He's better now than he was then. Since 97. Jesus 96, Christ. 97. Um, I, I'm not a, I don't hate Wade. I don't hate Wade Barrett no, at I all. I love Wade. But I, I think that if you really, you couldn't put Wade and Kevin Patrick together because the show would be terrible. No. But, uh, you know, it's Corey and Cole leading the, their respective shows. But, man, could you imagine Kevin Kelly on Monday Night Raw? And I know Kevin might not look like uh, a zillion bucks or, or what WWE wants, but neither did Jim Ross. And boy, can he call a goddamn match. So maybe we that's, should ease off the Ken doll look and get somebody who can call a match. Uh, that's that's what I wish that they do. You know, it, it, it just pains me to listen to Monday night. But back back to your original question, Ian Riccoboni, I thought did fantastic. I, I don't think that's a problem for Tony Khan. Does he have too many commentators? Sure. You know, but, you know, more the, the more... There is the less you're going to have to fill in those gaps. And I honestly feel this is just from my perspective. Those gaps, Drew, are some of the most important gaps that you need to fill during a pro wrestling show. This is why I was so heavily invested. Who's Tony Khan going to get for Saturday night? It needs to be someone mm. that's going to be, you know, pro wrestling, you know, ridden and fucking just call the match and just give me that vibe. And he got it. But on, on Dynamite, I feel like they have too many. Tony Schiavone. I don't like the three men boots either. Tony Schiavone. Taz is great. Love Taz. Excalibur. You know, it is what it is. I'm not the biggest Excalibur fan. They got Jim Ross and, and whoever else they put on there. Guest, Brian, and Jericho, and Punk, and whoever else they want to bring out there. Too much. I, I, I feel think like they, the two men yeah, I think they really be. wanted Jericho and Danielson to kind of maybe, and even uh, Paul White, yeah. to do some commentary, and it just didn't pan out. Mark Henry, too. But, um, no, they, I mean, they have a ton. And realistically, like I said, you know, the biggest gap and the biggest hole that WWE's trying to fill is the one that you are seeing right now and that's pat mcafee and mcafee is just so busy with everything he, he's doing but he was so good so quick um that they miss him they truly do uh do you think do you think mcafee i, I think i probably know the answer to this it's kind of silly of me uh, to even ask mcafee and cole better than mac uh better than cole and and barrett you prefer oh 100 yeah. the only thing that was even close to that in my opinion was cole and taz in the very early years of smackdown um, and I truly, you know, I, I don't, people are going to be like, are you nuts? I liked Cole and Triple H for that one night that we got it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I yeah, did. that was, that was But fun. Triple H is, he's never going to do that again. Um, just like Vin, you'll never see Vince McMahon behind the desk. But I, if I'm WWE, I go after Kevin Kelly. Um, I try and bring Taz back as soon as they try and sign his son. Yep. You know, I know Taz doesn't, you know, that this is something that we could go on record and saying that's real. Uh, Taz and McFoley hated being produced audio wise, commentary wise by Vince McMahon. So maybe that, you know, Vince isn't in Gorilla. So maybe that's a selling point now. But no, I mean, I miss McAfee on SmackDown. I miss McAfee on the pay-per-views, you know? Yeah, I do. Uh, it looks like Miz may be uh, starting a feud with him. We'll talk about that when we get to the Monday Night Raw thing. I didn't really pinpoint that until someone brought it to my attention today. Miz and McAfee. I don't know if how mad happen. are you? Well, I mean, I won't say mad, but I want to get to our next point here. How how mad are you about AEW with banning several spots and now some things need to be approved by management? Because this would signal, and I put a tweet out this, and I really wanted your take on it. 
this will this signifies that you know hey we're getting this tv deal and they want to make sure that they could get some some investors and some money and some commercialization from the product so they could get more money generate more revenue so they want to make it appealing to a ton of demographics is that going to dull this product down that of AEW's JD. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to dumb it down. I actually talked about this on my own end here, and I felt like when they made this decision, uh, they were going to they were going to put the things in this this list that they felt like made the most sense. And, and I feel like with what they put in the list, all of it's common sense. True, uh, I feel like the Steel chair shots to the head and blows to the head and the buckle bombs and the barricade bombs and, you know, all, all the shit that WWE doesn't do. AEW was going to do the same thing, and those things are just common sense. Now, if you really want to dive deep into it, I feel like every time we see this shit happen, everybody kind of blows a gasket on social media. The blood issue, you know, blood's got to be approved by management. I don't want to see blood every week because I feel like when blood is used every week, it lessens the effect of the blood, and it's just ridiculous. And when we do see it, it's like, okay, another bloody match, another bloody spot here. Moxley's bleeding 60 seconds to do a match on Rampage against fucking Daddy Magic. I mean, give me a break. We don't need that to happen. But if they use their spots correctly and use it when it's appropriate, quality over quantity— and they lessen all of this stuff happening on a week-to-week basis so that it feels more important. I'm okay with it. Plus, you got the TV rights deal coming up. Warner's now going to be paying them an exorbitant amount of money. So that means that they're going to have their hands in the cookie jar a little bit more often. And what they say goes if they're paying that amount of money to Tony Khan. The one thing I do hope, and Tony Khan did allude to this on the Blood and Guts conference call today, he, he said that nothing is going to drastically change. Everything is going to remain the same. Everything just needs to be approved by management. And the one thing, Drew, I was worried about is that the integrity of AEW needs to remain the same because you do not want to alienate any part of this fan base because, you know, the people already looking at, oh, they're dropping ratings and, you know, lot, they're not gaining a new audience and they're, not, and they're not making new fans. Do not alienate the product by changing shit up and making it into a WWE life because then that's when you're going to run, through a few, uh, run into a few problems. I will say this. I respect Tony Khan and his answer, but I respectfully think that he might be full of shit. To, I'm not just, I'm not going to say what, what I'm wait, say. Wait, wait, in what way? Uh, I don't think that they're going to compromise their product, but I do believe they being a W is going to have to make some changes like we've all talked about. And when those type of hard changes come down, I mean, Moxley was bleeding every other night. Um, every, excuse me, every other week. So, I mean, like when that stuff goes away, I, to your point, I think it's for the betterment of the product because then all of a sudden if somebody bleeds you're like holy shit somebody bleeds at wwe when when we're watching it here in my house with everybody who comes over and want everybody stops because we're not used to it you know what i'm saying everyone stops with doing like holy he's busted open it's a moment and when you do it week to week to week to week to week it takes away from the moment but i don't know if tony khan which i think he he will and he probably does once that television deal and that contract is signed you go from maybe not having so many people telling you what to do to almost the network being like, Hey, this is what we want. And this is, can you give this to us? And obviously Tony can make that decision, but I, I think the product is going to change a little bit. I think it should. I, I don't know how it's going to change. Does it need to become a little bit more adult-like a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, um, I, I want to say less, less indie. It's got to be a major wrestling promotion like WWE. We're going to get WWE 2.0. 
on Wednesday night? No, 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 no. I don't think that's happening. I don't think WWAW is going to be ever the same thing as WWE. Um, they should strive to be similar in terms of revenue and uh, profitability and stuff like that. But realistically, like, no, AW is going to keep its integrity. I don't think they'll compromise that. What I do think you will see is I don't think it's going to be as violent on television as it has been. I also don't think you're going to see as many curse words or F-bombs or this or that because I just don't think that appeals to the demographic, the, the, the worldwide demographic that they're looking to get. Also, sponsorships. You know, they lost some, some sponsorship deals with the whole pizza cutter thing. And I know that this was, you know, months ago or maybe even a year ago. But realistically, like, they need to generate that revenue, they being AEW. So you're going to see some things change. And I know Tony is a prideful man. I get that. We all are. It's his baby. It's his company. But, at, you know, let's call it what it is. When the network wants something, you're going to give it to them because they're going to write you a check. And they did. They are going to write them a check. For however many millions or billions it is, the check's coming. So I think he'd adhere to that. And he has to. WWE could really benefit from some blood on their show. Like, I don't want to watch a, a War Games match and then not have a single drop of blood or a Hell in a Cell match and not have a single drop of blood. God knows how much blood we're going to see on Wednesday night at Blood and Guts. You know, uh, I, I don't want it to drastically change. You know, I'm going to take Tony Khan on his word for now, and, and you know, he's not going to slip one by us, man. I mean, the crowd, the fans are not stupid. The, the, no. these, these, these fans, if they notice a fucking inch of a change... You know, a, a fucking eyelash of a change. Then, then, then they, they, he will get called out on social media. And, and I don't and think he's complain. trying to insult anybody's intelligence by saying what he said. I just no. don't think he fully is going to. I don't think he's seen it yet, right? A blood and guts. I think that name could change next year. Truthfully, if that television deal is in place, I think blood and guts might be changed to something where it's like, you know, um, I something cage or whatever. I, I. I I know it's a it's Rage a pun in on the what cage, Vince, in the cage. I know that they it's a pun on what Vince McMahon said, like that blood and guts doesn't appeal to um, the worldwide demographic and it doesn't appeal to advertisers and we don't we're not blood and guts. So I know what that is, but I, I do think that there are going to be some subtle changes um, and some major changes that happen with the product. Listen, when they brought over who they brought Mansuri and everybody else, the production changed for the better. So let's just wait and see what happens with AEW and their television deal because what it does is it opens a brand new cash flow for them, one that you might think they may not need, and I get that. But you want to stop bleeding money at some point. You want to get to the black, which means you're breaking even, or you want to get to the green. You do not want to be in the red when you're owning a multi-billion dollar company. And they got a lot of it, but he needs to stop bleeding money. And I don't know their books entirely, but I could tell you that they've spent a lot of money. I got a side question for you because I talked about mm. this. I made a tweet about it on Twitter uh, last week. Uh, what, what do you think about the writer's strike in Hollywood with the actors now joining the writers going on strike? And with pro wrestling now, it looks like pro wrestling is going to be in bigger demand than ever before because we all know it's 52 weeks of live television, live entertainment, and there's no reruns, there's no offseason. And I feel like with AEW about to be paid by Warner, they're in deep discussions for a contract negotiation, Drew, or a TV rights deal. Is this going to add any more value to AEW where Warner's going to give them more than initially reported? How much money do you think they're going to make off this? And, and is this Ryder Strike, Hollywood Strike, going to have any effect on uh, both AEW and WWE getting more revenue? Uh, I think that the revenue side of things are exactly, your point is exactly right. I think that it, it it's going to drastically go up because if you know, this is the one thing that's constant, right? They yeah. WWE and AW have their own writers, their own producers, yeah. all this other stuff. They don't work within the Hollywood guidelines. They don't work with. And the one thing that I will say about this is that what both companies needs needs to do, in my opinion, is keep the Hollywood writers 
out of both companies because a lot of these guys and girls, no offense, I love me some Freddie Prince Jr. He's a fan of professional wrestling, so he can come and go wherever he wants. But a lot of these Hollywood writers have no idea what a professional wrestling show slash sports entertainment show is. Some of them can pick it up and, and make it work, but I don't want to see an influx of Hollywood writers being added to AEW's, you know, writing team because Hollywood's on strike. Tough shit. We, you know, like, just keep it the way it is. Use the professional wrestlers that you have backstage. Malenko, Anderson, uh, Dustin, all these guys and the girls. Use them and use them to your best ability because they know what it's like. They know how to tell a story in the ring. Um, I will say that the writer's strike that you, now that you brought this up, Hollywood writer's strike and everything else, I think now more than ever that Dwayne The Rock Johnson might be looking hard at returning to WWE because that man does not like to sit on his hands and he wants to make money. Well, apparently he's uh, he's got a bad rep lately. I don't know what the fuck happened there with, with, with The Rock. I mean, he's looking for any good... I, the last thing that I read was yesterday. He's looking for any good publicity that he could find, you know, and now that he's not going to have any work in Hollywood, WWE may be trying to fit him into plans. But I know Grayson Waller called him out... But why would he come back to WWE television to do something with Grayson Waller when he's got a shoe in with with Roman? Like, who, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think that happens. I think you know Grayson could use a rub where Rock comes out and Rock bottoms him and yeah. then just splits. Yeah, and then we don't see him for a couple of months. But the program is with the bloodline. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Like, you do not bring Dwayne the Rock Johnson in for anything else but the bloodline and that Roman Reigns match. Whether it happens or not is yet to be seen. They could have done it at SummerSlam. They would have sold 100,000 tickets. I don't think they should do it at WrestleMania because we all know where they should go for WrestleMania. Whether they do it or not is up to them. But I no, I don't think that Grayson Wall and The Rock have a match. That would be, in my opinion, that's a waste. No yeah. offense to Grayson and, and Dwayne, but no. No, thanks. You want to uh, see that? No, no, I don't want I don't want to see that at all. I don't even want to see him versus Cena or Edge. I mean, I just want him to do his own thing, but I get what they're doing with him. We could see Rock. We could see Batista. We could see John Cena all back uh, by uh, by some point uh, towards the end of the year. Maybe they're all in the Royal Rumble for all we know. Who knows? Maybe they're all at WrestleMania and get WrestleMania matches. Who knows how long this Hollywood strike is going to be? You yeah, know? I think Batista is probably better served um, to just, you know, kind of stay where he's at. I don't think he has anything left to prove in WWE. And listen, I don't think Dave's on his way back. I mean, he could make a one-off appearance or something like well, he's that. Gotta, he's got to be uh, in the Hall of Fame, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. I, I'm surprised he didn't go in in, in uh, Hollywood, but I think he had some prior commitments, he yeah. being Dave Batista, so I get it. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, speaking of legends, right? Um, well, and we'll go a little bit to, we were talking about the rock and Batista, no offense to Trish, but I mean, we're talking about some different levels here. Trish wants a cage match before she calls it quits. My opinion on this JD. And I want yours. This feud with Becky had my attention. They had the match at night at champions. Right. And now I'm just like, man, I could, I don't care for it. I really don't. So should they do this cage match at SummerSlam and add a little flair? No pun intended to this match, some juice to it because it, I, I just don't care for another singles match. Do you? No, I, I don't care for a cage match. A cage match is not going to ignite anything. I think these two are the worst thing about Monday Night Raw. I think this feud is probably the worst feud in WWE right now. It is not drawing a dime. It's not generating any interest. I feel bad for Zoe. You know, Zoe's hanging on by a thread here. Everybody thought, oh, let's pair Zoe with Trish. This is going to be a great thing. And that's what I initially thought. I, it's not doing anything for her. You know, it's better It's better with her being with Trish than without because God knows where she would be if she wasn't a part of this. This is better than uh, Ronda and Shayna, though, right? 
Uh, no, because I, yeah. I enjoy Shayna more than both Becky and Trish, to be honest with you. Right. But, um, no, man, a, a cage match is not going to do anything. A match one-on-one is not going to do anything. You know what I would have did, and I told you this a few weeks back, on I think it was on episode one or episode two, uh, I would have brought in Lita to do Lita and Becky versus Trish and Zoe at SummerSlam and blow this shit off and then goodbye. Yeah. That, that's what I would have did because Lita was attacked. We never got really any closure on that. You know, Lita does not want to seek revenge, but here we are with just Becky and Trish, and it's going to be another match. What is this, the third match? Nobody cares. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I said, they had my attention at Night of Champions, and I thought that they went to that singles match very quickly, and we had a schmage finish. I get it, but for me, I don't really need to see another singles match. I don't. No, no I, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to make it feel important and more important than it really is, but... You know, WWE's got this thing, man. If Becky isn't in a title match or Charlotte's not in a title match, they bring in Lita and they bring in a Trish and they try and make them bigger than the championship. This right now is bigger than whatever Rhea Ripley's doing with the women's championship, and it's kind of fucked up. I don't mm. think that's right. You know? I don't I don't I think the Rhea Raquel feud is just getting started, and that has my attention. It does. It really does have my attention because the Becky and Trish stuff. Although, like I said, started off where I was like, I want to see this. I'm kind of like, I've seen it already. Either add something or it's a miss for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's got my attention to the Rhea Raquel stuff because of their of their feud in NXT. I mean, they were uh, their. Uh, I think that was Rhea's last match in um, NXT with Raquel. So they got a little yeah. bit of a history there. And, and we'll get to that, too. I, I just don't really care for this, this Becky and Trish shit. But a, a steel cage match, you know, you're fun, it's funny you bring up a steel cage match. I, I don't, I don't want to see them in a steel cage match, but is a steel cage match possible for Brock and Cody? Because there is a stipulation coming, and he did mention hard times on Monday Night Raw, unless that means something else. I mean, do you see them being in a steel cage match so Brock can't run away? Um, I think that that match, the Cody and Brock, again, is something that needs a stipulation, whether it's a... I know Cody was, I, and the rumor was that he was asking for a dog collar match, which was quickly quickly nixed by WWE. And realistically, if they did that, people would be like, oh, you're just ripping off of AEW. No, that's fucking lame, dude. I'm not thinking that. I mean, well, why, why, do I they, mean why do they move away from something that could really benefit the fucking feud when right now it has nothing? How about a, how about a street fight? I mean, you want to know what? The other thing that I, I will say that we're starting to pick up a little bit with which I thought that maybe Shayna and and um, Ronda would go to is like a fight pit match, right? That's what I um, wouldn't want. That's what I've been saying. Like, let's do that in a fight pit match. I said that last what, night. Well, what, what if you got Cody and Brock in one of those? I just and and then I thought to myself, I was like, so I made that made that you know suggestion. I thought to myself, there's no way that Brock Lesnar can lose that match because Cody is not a fighter. I know no. he's I know he's a he's an amateur wrestler. He's done that stuff before, but we're talking about a former UFC heavyweight champion. And then Cody Rhodes. And no offense to Cody. Huge fan. Love what he does. But that match just screams that Brock's got to go over. So you don't do that. So where do they go? I don't mind a cage match. I No disqualification. Eh. Submission match? Maybe. Maybe. But I would rather see, you know, their finishes are really, besides Brock, are not submissions. Um, so I'd rather see that, you know, like street fight falls count anywhere or you know, some people, were call, match. some people were calling for a Texas bull rope match, which is basically a, a dog collar match, but you're tied at the, at the wrist. Hey, assholes, they're in Detroit. What does that mean? They're, they're not going to call it a Texas bull rope <laughs> match in Detroit. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with y'all? I, that's what I was say, seeing on Twitter, man. Texas bull rope match. Why can't you we do a, Why can't we do a dog collar match? What's the, what's the big deal about a dog collar match? Too much blood? <laughs> 
Cody Mark. Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar deep in the heart of Texas bull rope match live from Detroit, Michigan. You fucking moron. <laughs> I don't know, man. What's wrong oh. with the dog collar match? Why, why was that next? I, I just think that WWE looks at that as too violent. Um, and That's I also think that probably AEW really revitalized that match. So maybe they just don't want, I mean, you don't see AEW doing hell in the cells. So no, I mean, Listen, it, it could have benefited having a dog collar match uh, t- tagged on with the stipulation, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. The, we got three weeks for a stipulation. There is a stipulation coming, the last that I heard and read on social media, so we will see what happens. Uh, How about I, a Caribbean strap match? <laughs> yeah, sure. Carlito Cool was supposed to be back on SmackDown. That didn't happen. Yeah, well, you sons of bitches all over social media told me that Carlito was re-debuting yeah. and coming back at the Garden. That ca- That show came and went. And boy, if they pulled him out of that show, if they trotted him out, nobody would be talking about. No, no offense, Carlito. But that's the reason. Why, that's the reason why they didn't debut him. But he's coming. Yeah, yeah. with his album, he's coming. I'm gonna go with Cody and Brock in a Detroit street fight or something. Oh that's god, it's so lame, bro. Oh, street fight. Oh, no DQ. Like how many? Like, in something new, please. Cody's coming out in, in a brand new Mustang or a Bronco, a tricked out Bronco or something. I just got one of those. And, um, and you know what, so. bro? We still haven't gotten an explanation. I don't. You keep asking for this. We haven't gotten one. I'm gonna keep asking. You know the fucked Co- up thing is, man. You know, you know, you know. This is not even. This this shit sucks. Okay, I'm just gonna flat out say <laughs> this, this shit sucks. I don't give a shit who's listening to me, man. It sucks. Co- Cody is not benefiting from this at all, even though WWE and Vince thinks he is. My question to you is: This is the most important thing that nobody is asking. It's not what happens here with Brock. It's what mm-hmm. happens after SummerSlam. I'm looking for the Raw after SummerSlam. What does Cody do after SummerSlam, bro? Where they take him? To the next level. And this is mm. going to go right into our next talking point because the documentary is coming out on July 31st. Timing, you said it on Twitter, man. Timing is everything. This is going to be the start of Cody's ascent, I know. But what does he do after SummerSlam? That is the most important thing that people should really be asking. And nobody knows right now. And it's going to be it's going to be death or fucking heaven for Cody Rhodes at, at, at the end of this entire build. It really is. Well, there's a couple things that they could do, right? They could jump immediately into Cody versus Seth for that world heavyweight championship. Finish the story, but that's not the title. Well, that's not the title though. So Corey could, or Corey, Cody could win that. And then he could head over and have that match at survivor series champion versus champion versus Roman. I don't think that's the way to go truthfully. So to your point, what did they do? I'm not quite sure what Cody does. Does Cody get into a feud with Gunther? I does Cody get into a feud with, a returning Randy Orton. Um, there, I think there's so many things, but to your, you know, your original point, the documentary, they just had a world premiere tonight in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and I think that Cody's ascension his rise is back on. And I think that they WWE let this simmer after mania to see just, all right, is this going to continue? And man, did it continue? The ovations kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I know everyone's like, Oh, last night was his hometown. If you go back and watch, Cody is getting ovation after ovation after ovation. He's still over. And while we might not like the third installment of him versus Lesnar, Cody versus Lesnar, and I know people are like, hey, stop talking about what your kid likes. I hate to tell you, but WWE does not cater to myself, JD, and the other 35 to 50-year-olds that are in here. They don't. They're not catering to us. They give us a small portion of that show to make the show feel like we're important to that show. And it's not. 75% of it is geared towards children. So I don't know what they do. I think the trajectory and the um, the destination 
for Cody is Roman at 40. So wait a minute. So after after WrestleMania, this is the way I saw, and I tweeted this out yesterday because I seen I seen the teaser for for the documentary. I'm very excited about it. I'm listen for, for all the the complaining that I've done about this. I'm a Cody. I'm a Cody Mark. I love Cody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's he's exactly what I want out of a pro wrestler: story and just emotion. That's that's what Cody Rhodes is. So Cody and Roman was a test. What what was Cody and Roman then for him to ultimately drop off? Because you you mentioned crowd reactions and ticket sales, house shows. I mean, everywhere they go, they're fucking sold out. I mean, they had 13,000 people. Yeah, it's Cody's hometown, but, you know, Cody's a large part of the ticket sales, the merchandise, how hot WWE is now. I'm not stupid. I get it. But that does not translate to what he's doing on TV, Drew. I think what he's doing on TV right now is it's mid. You know, I I don't know any other terminology. Rock mid? No, the feud. I mean, the momentum, the story, the feud, the emotion. There's no, there's nothing there. There's nothing sub- substantial for me there. I, I get it. I get it's Brock Lesnar. But it's to me, it's just mi- middle-of-the-road garbage. It well, doesn't. Brock- tra- what he's doing ticket sales-wise or revenue-wise is not really equating to what he's doing on TV. I feel like he's less than coming out of WrestleMania. So I'm asking you, is what he did at WrestleMania with Roman a test? And this was the ultimate test to build him back up and build him in Vince's image. And now he's the guy with the documentary coming out? And now no, they're going to move him up? No, I think you bastards just never let think you're oh everyone's always like, oh, no long-term booking for WWE. And it's because of this conversation that we have over and over and over again with Cody. Why didn't he win the world championship? Because he didn't. The store he was gone for nine to ten months, came back, won the rumble, very predictable, got his match with Roman, and everyone's calling for the the, the switch to happen. They, he needs to put the championships on Cody Rhodes. And then everyone would have you know, enjoyed it for four to five months. Then you sons of bitches be back on Twitter complaining, God, he's boring, he sucks, blah, blah, blah. So now they're dragging this out a little bit. And while I agree, it might not be for you and me, the, the feud with Brock Lesnar is not mid. I disagree with that. Am I excited There's no to see reason a thir- why it's happening. It's Brock Lesnar, dude. It's Bro, Brock Lesnar. Because it's what Brock Lesnar, he doesn't. So Brock Lesnar doesn't need a reason to wake up in the morning and oh, decide no, what he wants we need for breakfast. A story. I'm with you there. There, I, I, what, what is this? Why? Why is Heyman behind this to keep Cody off the warpath? Yes, of something. Roman. We need something. Yes, sure. Give me something, and I think you might get that. Let it. Let's. Let's. If they don't, I mean, Cody's alluded to it a couple times now, and he talked about hard times in his in his promo last week, which I thought was very interesting. It's a little like. Uh, inside to like, hey, you know, I'm going through my hard times just like my dad did, but I'm actually going to finish this son of a bitch, which I think we get. But to your point, I mean, if he goes Brock and then he goes Randy maybe, and or maybe, you know, you get a, I mean, Cody versus Cena, Cody wants it. Could that happen at Survivor Series in Chicago? Could, I don't know. Could it? We'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure. But what I'm saying is, is that I think Cody is not going to have some middle of the road matches here on his way towards WrestleMania 40. Um, And I do believe that we are headed towards Cody and Roman at WrestleMania 40. And I think, because Cody has also talked about, there's some things that the documentary is going to show you guys and girls. Cody has said that Philadelphia is one of those towns that he feels like he's a son from. Which is interesting that WrestleMania 40 is going to be there, and they're probably going to head that route. So, so this docu- this documentary is going to pave the fucking path for him to WrestleMania. They, they waited on this, and like you said, timing is everything. They waited for this, dude. It's five days before SummerSlam. This is going to be this is the starting point for his ascent to WrestleMania. This this documentary, right? And the thing is that WWE does nothing without a purpose. Yes, nothing. I mean, especially they could have dropped this the like day. This. At- this, this is their bread and butter. This is what they excel at best. This, right. this shit. And- 
And they could have dropped this a day after WrestleMania, and they didn't. They could have also, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll, I'll ask you this question. You know, Peacock's raising their prices now, uh, and they have 20 million subscribers. A lot of that was because of the FIFA World Cup. I get that. But this is the time to do it. You have all these wrestling fans who are going to want to watch this Cody Rhodes documentary because whether you're – and even the AEW loyalists are going to be like, well, that was our guy. I really want to see that. Yeah. And SummerSlam. So they're going to cash in. But, you know, and we'll talk about the Peacock. I want your, your thoughts on that. Raising his prices is it smart? Is it the right time? But, yeah, the Cody Rhodes, the documentary, is going to tell you exactly what and where the WWE wants to go and what to do with this man, and it's coming. I mean, you saw the teaser, right? Kevin Owens said, how many people do you know that Vince McMahon flew to his house to get back? Because I could name two, and that's it. Who are those two? Uh, Austin. And I believe the other one that he probably flew Bret to Hart. Met, I, I think it was Brett, and I think it was uh, I think he's done it with Hogan as well. So maybe three. See that that I mean, that, that that part of the whole teaser was like that surprised me because I didn't think that was going to happen with Vince flying to Cody's house. Like I I, I thought, you know the, the the fucking you know AEW WWE thing that was going on in my mind was like yeah they want Cody and they want Cody because. It, it takes Cody away from AEW, and they slayed one of their EVPs. Now they're going to have one of their fucking EVPs on Nick Khan's fucking mantle above the fireplace. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought it was like, yeah, we've you know, we, we seen what you've done. We're going to bring you back. We're going to pay you. We want you. We want to build you up. And, and that was it. I didn't think Vince was going to treat this like a fucking mega, mega, mega deal where he's going to go to Cody's home. That well, surprised and, me. And again, I've seen the I've seen majority of the documentary, so I'll tell you this much. Um Vince McMahon told Cody Rhodes, because Cody said it to Vince, he said, I really don't want to compromise who I am. And Vince said to him, again, from what the documentary and some other you know, things that I've been given, I wouldn't be here if I wanted to change who you are. I want the American nightmare. And I think the one thing that they had a disagreement on was the royalty fees, the rights fees to uh, Cody's song, which is done by the band... Um, is it down? I don't remember who it is. So I'm going to butcher it. Who's the band that does his theme song? Uh, Downstate. Downstate. Downstate yeah. or something, something like that. Like that, yeah. And that was the big disagreement. And Cody did say, "You won't get me without the theme song." What a smart move that was. But Vince McMahon Prom- told it's, it's, Cody, it's, 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 "I'm listen, listen, I don't want to cut you off. That was probably the smartest move that he made. That that oh, keeping 100%. that theme. 100. percent uh, uh, I can't wait to see that part because that's the part that really interests me the most. Like, you know, and, and that was the talking point. From day one, when Cody, even before Cody debuted at, at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins, he came in as what we saw of him last on AEW television. Is this documentary Drew going to open up a lot of people and present WWE in a way where they have to now, with the next one, follow the same path that they did with Cody? Meaning, if they want an MJF or if they want a Kenny Omega or somebody on that level and Vince and Triple H and whomever is going to start talking about them and bringing them on into WWE. Is this going to be a norm now moving forward where they wanted Cody as Cody, the American Nightmare? I'm not jeopardizing who I am. I want to be here, but I need to be me. Is that going to be something that they're going to do now with everybody else? Because, you know, that's the way it's got to be, in my honest opinion. If WWE wants to really strive for the future and build towards the future, they can't be changing shit that's not broken. And Cody was not broken. Cody was a rebuilt man. You can't change everything that he built for seven years. And I'm going to say the same thing about all those other guys potentially going to come over here. You can't change what they're doing. You can't see an MJF changed in WWE, man. We got to get MJF the way he is now. So is that going to change moving forward? Um, 
I will say that I think the days of like taking stunning Steve and putting him into Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin are probably dead. Yeah. I also think, you know, like taking Diesel um, from Vinnie Vegas, like, yeah, I, those those days are long gone. I think Vince McMahon saw what the American Nightmare was. And first of all, Vince McMahon loves Americana. So, I mean, that was a win from the jump. But Vince McMahon saw that Cody Rhodes's character was he was buying that character. He was. He was buying the man behind the character. And he says that I'm buying this is what I want. I want the American nightmare. I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, repackage you. And in terms of like an MJF, I, I think again, it's going to be situational. You know, like Ricky Starks might come in if he if he does jump ship and maybe get a different, you know, package, a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Probably. Um, but I don't think they're going to compromise everything because why try and change what's working? We could do it better over here. And WWE showed that with the American Nightmare and Cody Rhodes yeah. because no offense to AEW. He was, you know, he, he ascended to high levels there, but WWE's taking it I, to I would I would totally get if I'm WWE, I would totally get my my rocks off, bro. If I'm if I'm looking at someone like Cody and taking him from what he was in AEW exactly how he is and doing it better and throwing it in AEW's face. I'm taking everybody else that I want from AEW, doing it better over here and throwing it in their face. Hey, we're doing it better over here, man. That's that's the shit that I would get off on if I'm Vince McMahon, honestly. We're doing it better. Fuck you guys, you know? I think one of the factors, too, I mean, I don't think they'll ever admit this, them being WWE, is that WWE wanted to put one of the uh, bullets in the back of an EVP from yeah. AEW's head. And that happened. I mean, it happened. Now, could you imagine they get the Young Bucks too, WWE? I don't think they compromise who, who they are either. No. I think they let them come up. Same thing with Omega. I mean, Kenny might not be the cleaner, might probably be doing Tiger Driver 91s and shit like that, yeah. but Kenny's going to be Kenny if he does come over to WWE. So. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think of the Peacock uh, ticket price? Uh, not ticket prices. We'll, we'll talk about the WrestleMania ticket prices and WrestleMania travel packages, but the Peacock uh, raising its price, Peacock Network, Network raising its price from, I think it's, Five ninety nine now from four ninety nine or six ninety nine I think something like that and the premium is eleven ninety nine because I'm paying for yeah. the premium at nine ninety nine it's gonna be eleven ninety nine I don't really care because I use it I do watch movies from time to time on there. He's rich, folks. <laughs> no, hardly, hardly. hardly. Uh, but uh, I mean, everything that we do WWE related content wise is on there. We watch all the yeah, premium yeah. live events on there. So. It, it. Is it is it smart for them to do it now, especially with the Hollywood, uh, you know, strike and the actors going on strike and the writers going on strike? A, a lot of these streaming services were bleeding money. You know, yeah. it, it's not it's not an easy upkeep to keep these uh, streaming services running. So they're bleeding money. But what does this mean for WWE? Are they trying to suck all the, the, the juice out of the WWE thing and then WWE move on to something like ESPN with, with UFC? Well, and I think that's part of it, right? So your your initial uh, question yeah. is, do you think it's smart to raise the tick the the ticket prices, yeah. the subscription prices? Uh, you know, premiums going from four to five ninety nine. Premium plus is nine ninety nine to eleven ninety nine, and premium annually will go from it's a ten dollar jump, forty nine to fifty nine. Premium plus goes from ninety nine to one nineteen ninety nine, and premium plus add on monthly is five to six dollars. So just that small amount for some of those with 20 million subscribers is going to equate to a large uh, sum of money. And I think what Peacock is trying to do is they are trying to squeeze all of that juice out of that WWE rental. This is a rental. D Peacock rented the library and got the PLEs, okay? Uh, and all the documentaries and everything else, the new original programming content that comes with it. So they're trying to bleed that, and they should. Because what I think they're trying to do is they're trying to take that money 
I shouldn't say think, I know that they're trying to take that money and they're trying to invest more into their streaming service. The possibilities of WWE leaving are very high. So they are going to need a counteraction to that. Maybe they can go get uh, MLB stuff. Maybe they could get MLS. Maybe they could get whatever. Um, maybe they they use that money and make a, a really good offer for the television rights deal and the streaming rights deal for WWE or and UFC. I don't know. But I know what they're trying to do is gain more revenue to spend that capital and acquire new programming or keep programming. So it's smart. The timing's right. And we're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And the 1,300 watching right now most likely are not going it's, anywhere. It's crazy, either. you know, because of the active strike and the Hollywood writers going on strike. I, do you think if there wasn't a strike, this is the way I was thinking, if, if there wasn't a strike, would they still be raising their subscription prices? Because, you know, yes. they're not bringing in new content. They, 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 they're not going to have an opportunity to create new programming, original programming for Peacock. So, you know, raising the prices is going to kind of offset that a little bit. And then, obviously, with the WWE releasing the Cody doc and they got the premium live events, at least they have WWE to kind of bank on with original programming every single month. I mean, it, w without the writer's strike, do they raise the prices on this? Yes. I mean, how many times can you watch the fucking office? I mean, it's a uh, great show, but I mean, shit. <laughs> or Seinfeld or fucking Third Rock from the Sun, whatever the fuck is on there. I don't right. know. And I'm just saying, like, you know, the movies are great when you don't want to buy Listen, man, buy I've, I've sat down and watched some fucking seasons, binge seasons of Saved by the Bell, man. It's fucking great shit, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't, I mean, I think Fresh Prince moved over to HBO or Max now. Yeah. So, I mean, like, all that stuff, you know, I think they'll be in the the content acquisition mode, and I think it's smart. They're gearing up for what eventually is coming in 2025, which is the massive bidding war for WWE's content. And maybe they try and acquire some NFL streaming rights or something to that effect. I mean, look what YouTube, the, the, the platform we're on right now, shout out to YouTube. They acquired NFL Sunday ticket. Remember when you assholes on Twitter told me I was nuts? They spent all that money to acquire Sunday ticket for the NFL streaming rights. Mm -hmm. It's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, listen, man, well, I'll, I'll be paying it regardless. Uh, I know that is uh, $5.99 for the uh, ads version and $11.99 for the ads free version. So, uh, you know, have at it. Whatever you guys are going to do, it's going to go up. So don't be surprised when you see that uh, price hike in and about a month. And the comments here, they're raising it $2. I always like to take a comment or two. Yeah, do $2 times $20 million. Hi. <laughs> it's a lot, dude. It is a lot, man. It is a lot of money. But a lot of people don't think that way, you know? It is a lot of money. What $2. if we charge you guys 6 bucks to get in this sucker? Do 16 times 1300 Yeah. I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, listen, $2, it's not a lot for me. We, you probably find that in your couch cushions. You spend $9 on your Starbucks or your caribou. Bro, your I, went, bro I went to Starbucks. I'm in Atlantic City right now. I went to Starbucks mm -hmm. at the fucking Hard Rock, bro. I bought a grande cold brew. You know how much I, you know how much I spent? $7.90 on a fucking grande. In the casino, bro. I'm like, that's, what am I that's doing, why this, bro? That's why this internet shit, number one. Number two, <laughs> stop spending your money on coffee. I'm a fucking guppy, man. What the fuck? What do they call me? What does what Jesse call me? A fucking coffee shill or bougie? I'm bougie, bro. I drink my hey, Starbucks. Listen. I'm sorry, man. I hear you. I like um, I like a double espresso and a cup of hot water, and I make my own Americano. It's a menu hack for you. You there don't you need to buy the Americano. The hot water is free no matter where you go. No matter where you go, it's free. The coffee places will not charge you for a cup of hot water. And get yourself a double espresso. Dump half that hot water in it. Good to go. There you go. I like myself a good Americano, too. Listen, man, uh, you're the ticket guy. 
So you know more than I do about this. WrestleMania travel packages, man. Talk to us about how these WrestleMania travel packages are flying right now, high prices. I'd love to, listen, man, The only, I've said this to my team and, you know, people that I'm close with. I'd love to go to a WrestleMania. I've always said I'm not going to go to a WrestleMania because I just don't feel like it's worth it. You know, a lot of people are like, you got to go release one, man. If I'm going to go to one, I got to sit fucking ringside, front row. I've seen the ticket prices for these things, man. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I could take myself to a fucking beautiful, extraordinary, lavish vacation. Yeah, I got to sit front row. <laughs> it's got to be, man. Uh, these are flying off the off the shelves, man. High prices. What the hell is going on with these things? So I want to ask you a question. You've never been to a WrestleMania? Never. Wow. Okay. I'll be I'll be here in Atlantic City for next year's WrestleMania 40. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing something because it's only a 45 minute drive up the AC Expressway. But no, we are know. going to be at WrestleMania <laughs> next year. Oh, well, the TNT you, you live somewhere. That's right, and we'll have a live show in Philly or the surrounding areas. Absolutely. But um, listen. You know, um, the travel packages are one thing. They always sell very, very well because it appeals to a certain demographic. It appeals to, um, shout out to Carrie and, and, and you know, Superfan Smiles and those type of guys. Uh, they spend the money because they want to be in the front row, just like JD just said, at every WrestleMania on the hard cam. And they spend the twenty seven to thirty to $35,000 to sit there. What are those um, guys doing for a living, bro, that they're doing that every show? I will not, I will not disclose that because that's, <laughs> that's personal information. But I will say that, you know, um, obviously that's a certain demographic. They all fall in. They, those guys fall into it, and good for them. Um, even if I fell into that demographic, which I will not disclose whether I do or not, I am not. You will not catch me dead spending $30,000 to sit front row at WrestleMania. I have been second row. I've been fifth row. Uh, I just, I, I get it. I get it. Maybe if I was like a bajillionaire, maybe, but I just, I just won't do it. I'd rather buy a car or take my wife on a 30-day vacation to Bali for $35,000. Yeah. That's wild. Um, but again, or maybe put a pool in my backyard, Yeah, you know, I just, but they're flying. Um, but I just want to say that that's not going to be the ticket prices for the actual WrestleMania events. There's going to be combos. There's going to be single days and all that other stuff. This is the premium stuff. This is an ECW, uh, walk down memory lane with Rob Van Dam. This is, um, uh, an evening with the undertaker. That is not, well, uh, his one dead man show. It's, oh, wow. It's all of that is included in this. Oh, yeah. It's an evening oh, wow. with The Undertaker before WrestleMania where he is going to probably, you know, shake uh, hands, um, sign autographs, and talk to you for a little bit. There's a lot that goes into it. You get a hotel stay, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a private catered event that goes into this. So, And you can buy the add-ons. And not all of these packages are $30,000. They range anywhere from, I want to say, eight hundred to about 35000 So it can be affordable. The $800 seats are all the way in the upper level. Um, you don't get a ton of the... You don't get all of the ad. It's like you don't get the Undertaker stuff. You don't get RVD in the ECW walk down memory lane where I think they're going to tour that building that ECW had a lot of their events in. But again, um, I just want to preface that this is not going to be the ticket prices for the regular ticket. So you'll still be able to afford WrestleMania. So this but, is this is a little earlier than normal, right, that they're doing this? Or is it, you normally the t WrestleMania tickets, you start hearing about them around October, November, right, if there's Survivor Series. Is this a little early for them in the season to be start – or to start doing WrestleMania ticket sales? Or is this something uh, that's been going on? Last year was the same time frame, and I think they put the actual on sale shortly after SummerSlam, which is smart because you have all the buzz coming out of the big biggest party yeah. of the summer, and they will air a WrestleMania commercial with the countdown on how many days, and then you'll get your ticket 
sales um, shortly after that. So it's smart. They used to wait, if you remember, till November. It was right before Survivor Series, and they throw the WrestleMania tickets on sale. Um, but they have done away with that recently because they feel like they can capture more of the audience and a buzz after SummerSlam, which I think is brilliant. One last thing before we move on to the to the weekly shows. Do, do you feel do you feel like with all the hot uh, WWE sales, ticket sales, and how how on fire they are moving into uh, different markets, sellouts here, sellouts there? You know, WrestleMania sold out fairly quickly uh, for WrestleMania 39, and, and a lot of different factors kind of went into that. I felt like the fans were very high on the Bloodline story going into WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes going into WrestleMania, Triple H and his leadership going into WrestleMania. A lot of that really factored into selling out SoFi Stadium for two nights. Do do you feel like WWE is going to sell out WrestleMania 40 quicker than they did WrestleMania 39 with how on fire they are lately? Yes. Okay. It's also that market. I can tell you, you know, there's a, a, this wall is all the WrestleManias that I've done. I've worked and there's a lot of them, but I will say that um, I remember 35 selling extremely fast, which was MetLife, way faster than um, New Orleans, which is the year before, and even faster than Orlando, faster than Texas. Santa Monica was solid. That was um, 31. But no, that East Coast market, 35 um, was very, very quick, and then the resale prices went through the roof. I would not wait on WrestleMania 40. Um, I would 100% jump as quickly as you can on grabbing seats because they will sell and sell quickly. And I expect them to sell out both nights. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for an East Coast WrestleMania. I'll be uh, within uh, an arm's reach away here in AC. It should be good. uh, We're going to be there. But I will tell you this. I think that this, you know, um, hot ticket will translate to AEW stuff as well. I'm not talking about WrestleMania. I'm talking about there. You'll see an upset, uh, an uptick in AEW ticket sales as well. It's It's coming. We're starting to see a little bit simmering. Collision did very well, in my opinion. I know the place holds. Everyone's like, oh, it holds 19,000. Yeah, we know. They didn't set it up for that, so let's stop. They did well um, in <laughs> Calgary. And geeks, I continuously man. think that, you know, you see it with Entertainment Acts concerts, Taylor Swift, Paramore, or the all these bands are selling through the roof. And it's just like people just want to be entertained now. And, you know, with the writer's strike and everything else that's going on, I think that both AEW and WWE will benefit in the ticketing department um, as well as the live events department. Speaking of which, I want you to uh, touch on this before we get into the weekly reviews here. Um, Roman Reigns is defending his Universal Championship this Saturday in Mexico against Rey Mysterio. Smart match. And it's the building holds 22,000 people, and they will sell the sucker out. Wow. This, if, if anybody from WWE is watching this, Throw it up, Peacock. I'm sure. Have, I'm sure they'll have cameras there for something. Of you know, uh, you know, for but a Rey Mysterio s- final documentary or something like that. Uh, I mean, what is this now? 29 title offenses in three years for Roman Reigns. What, what's what's the uh, the number that I seen floating around on social media? Yeah, 28, 29. Who, something like that. Who gives a shit? I know. I, we, he, I said this already. I mean, yeah. people were like, "Well, he he hated Roman, and now he's a big Roman cocksucker." I mean, Roman's the fucking biggest talent in the industry. Am I supposed to like him? He's doing the best work of his life. Wait. Right. I just, it's a rare house show appearance and it's not, I mean, it's like wrestling the garden in Mexico. Um, they're at the arena CDMX. So for me, I would put this on Peacock. I think Peacock should ask, Hey, can we get your cameras already going to be there? And I know it costs differently to televise, but, and let's do it. Roman versus Ray Cody's on the bill. I, I mean, I would love to see it. I'm surprised they haven't it. done a premium live event in Mexico. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be coming sooner rather than later. Right. Yeah. 
I yeah, I think this is a good test. I mean, Ray's not going to beat Roman, so we could cut that crap out. Yeah. But they could further the storyline. Maybe Jake, you know, um, messes with with Roman, and we get a, a, a ooh, Ray might win. You know, they could further the storyline here. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's pretty exciting news. I mean, that's good for Ray Mysterio. I've, I've always been a Ray Mysterio fan, and that's exciting for him. Twenty two thousand people against the biggest name in the industry. Um, Roman Reigns. Uh, when is this happening again? Before summer Saturday. 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 You want to okay. be petty, man? That goes right against Collision, right? Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all WWE and AEW need uh, the, on the, the fan base on social media. Uh, <laughs> what? what, what uh, disgusting. What do you want to talk about first, man? Let, let's get into one of the weekly shows here. I'll, I'll give you the floor on what we want to talk about here. Uh, we had Collision, which was a tr- tremendous show. SmackDown, eh. Dynamite was a little lackluster. Monday Night Raw, as of last night, obviously, it's the freshest of the four. Yeah. Where, where do you want to start? Let's start. I think we should quickly go through Collision, go to Raw, and then I think we should hit up uh, Dynamite because we're going to talk about Blood and Guts and preview yeah. it. So, um, you know, we kind of touched on Cody and Brock. You know, it's officially set now for SummerSlam. We got a lot of officially set matches for SummerSlam. Yeah. How are you feeling about the SummerSlam card since we saw a lot of that come to life on Monday Night Raw? If there's one thing WWE's done all year, uh, right. And I don't know how much of an effect Triple H has had on this. It looks definitely feels like a Triple H thing. Uh, quality over quantity with the uh, premium live events. They haven't really eclipsed four hours. He's kept the matches to a minimum. I don't think he's really eclipsed seven or eight matches on, on a premium live event. Uh, and if it's reached that, I, I can't remember when uh, the last time he did it. But... I feel like with SummerSlam, Drew, they realistically could have 12 matches, 13 matches. We could be looking at a five-hour show, but I don't think it's going to go that way. So my question is, as a question bouncing back to you, I feel like it may be best if WWE takes the hottest feuds and puts them on SummerSlam and then kind of builds Raw and SmackDown on the go-home shows around some of those matches that should be on SummerSlam but could definitely build a Raw and SmackDown to make those shows a little bit more important. That's what I hope that they do. But realistically, we're looking at a good 12, 13 matches that WWE could fit on the card, and not all of them are overly exciting, but, I mean, that's a good spot to be in. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, some breaking news here. Um, a good spot to be with. Dominic Mysterio is your new NXT United States heavyweight They champion. had him beat Wesley? That is fucking disgusting, dude. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to tell Come you why. On, man. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to jump for a second here. I think that the reason they are doing this um, and, we, and I do want to, I'm going to jump right back to Raw, but this is something that just happened. Um, I think that Dominic Mysterio and some other main event talent, um, main roster talent, I should say, and Dom is main event talent right now, is going to be working that Great American Bash show so that they can help move tickets, which they've done okay, and they could also get people to watch because I believe that is going head-to-head um, with, again, a collision, I believe. Um, let me just double-check on the date, July 30th. Which is a Saturday or is that is that a Sunday? I don't know. We'll have to check. When is July thirtieth? But yes, I think that that was the move here. Um, uh, July thirtieth is. I think that was the move because July thirtieth is a Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So I think what they want is that talent to be on the Great American Bash because now you have a, a rematch and they can do whatever they want. Even though they've announced Wesley is taking on Mustafa Ali at that show, which obviously is not going to happen. So. I mean, that's what Wesley and Mustafa Ali was supposed to take place at Great American Bash. Yes. How did Dominic Mysterio win the match? Did he, did he win? Did he cheat to win? I don't know. I just saw it pop up on my Twitter. Said that Dominic is your new United States Heavyweight Champion. So, so we may be getting a rematch. 
might be next week. I mean, I think that what they're trying to do again is that's another brand that WWE is trying to sell to the the networks who want to buy it, content, streaming network, everything else like that. So um, I think they're making it kind of like must see. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I watch, I watch NXT in my own time. I don't watch it. You know, I, I won't watch it tonight. I won't watch it tomorrow. I kind of, I kind of spread it out throughout my week because it's not really something that is easily digestible for me anymore. Like it used to be. But why is Judgment Day down there so often? What are they doing down there? You know, the first inclination that I have is like, you know, like you said, they're, they're desperate for ratings. They want to sell the NXT package for when they have the TV rights negotiations. That's the only thing that I can think of, honestly. But what does Judgment Day and Judgment Day business have to do with Tuesday night? I mean, does this center around Carmelo Hayes? I'm like, I don't understand what they're doing down there. It's like it almost it almost acts as, as if they don't know what they're doing, Drew, and they're throwing shit at the wall to see if it sticks, and they're doing it for shock factor. And sometimes that doesn't work out the best. Well, I again, I think they want an influx of talents for this Great American Bash show, and you could be right. Maybe you're getting Breaker and Carmelo Hayes heading to Raw or SmackDown. And, again, maybe Triple H and Shawn Michaels know what they're doing um, in terms of this cross-promotion, and we'll have to wait and see what happens. But if it ends up being just random like we just need a judgment day star power in nxt i get it but doesn't that really devalue all the other men and women that are on that show? yes it does like wesley how long has wesley been the north american champion he said he's one of the best things about that show he's been a champion for a while down there and he's got to lose to someone who is incredibly over on the main roster like what are we doing it's almost ass backwards well they cheated to win from what okay. I'm, I'm seeing here it looks like Rhea hit wesley with in the head okay the so there'll be a rematch though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it probably happens at the Great American Bash. Maybe they make it a cage match so that yeah. the you know, Judgment Day can't get involved. And you know what? I'll tune in. My son will want to tune in to that NXT show because Dom's on it. You know, yeah. that's the thing. They're trying to appeal to a larger crowd. So Judgment Day is all over Monday Night Raw. They're all over mm-hmm. Tuesday night. You know, a lot of people listen, Judgment Day is doing that thing. You can't really hit on Judgment Day. Um, they were eyeing the tag team titles last night on Monday Night Raw. Do you see them going after the tag team titles against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Drew, you mentioned SummerSlam and the potential of matches. Does that happen at SummerSlam, or do we keep that off the SummerSlam card to put, you know, everything else on the show? Because I was talking about this on my Raw post show last night. Realistically, if you want to look at it, you got four women's matches that could be taking place at SummerSlam. We got Rhea and Raquel. We got Charlotte, Oscar, and Bianca. We have Becky and Trish. And then we have, uh, what was the other one? I know there's a couple other women that are feuding. Um, Tag team championships, I think, maybe. I don't know. I I think there's three or four women's championship matches or matches in general. It's a lot of women's matches for one show. Well, you have four absolutely happening. The two women's championship matches, and you're going to have Trish and Becky, and you're going to have Rhea, or Rhea. You're going to have Ronda and Yes, Ronda and Shannon. There you go, yes. Yeah. So four absolutely happening. Um, and to your point, you know, I think SmackDown and Raw might have some matches where, you know, the SummerSlam matches where they could have happened, but they don't want to make it a nine hour show. So, yes, I think that's the time and the place to do it. Judgment Day in a tag match against Owens and Zayn. We'll see. I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are 100% on this SummerSlam card, and I think they need to be. I saw a lot of people on social media being like, oh, well, Sami Zayn still isn't as over, and, and they and they made the right call. Sami Zayn is main eventing Raws after Raw after Raw, albeit with Kevin Owens, but he, they're still getting a very good reaction, and they're still a focal point of Monday Night Raw. Just because Sami Zayn is not holding the major championship, quote-unquote, does not mean he's not over. I can name two off the top of my head, who've ne- three actually, who've never held the world championship, who were very over. Jake Roberts, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, and Roddy Piper. Yeah. They're all main eventers. Razor so Ramon. we could 
Right. So we could stop with the whole he needs the championship. Could I see Sami Zayn winning the World Heavyweight Championship eventually? Possibly. Is he going to def- dethrone Roman? Get the fuck out of here. Well, that, was, right? a, that was a report that came from Meltzer. He used the, word, he used the term fluke. Like, no, Sami, WWE, do they look at Sami Zayn as a main event guy? No, they don't. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't think they ever did. Did Sami Zayn make himself into a main event guy? Yes. But Sami Zayn made himself into a main event guy because WWE refused to push somebody like that, and the fans rallied around him. And I said on Twitter today, they rallied around him because he's relatable. You know, it's, it's yeah. the Brian Danielson situation all over again, but different, but also the same. He's a relatable individual. People care about him. He, he emits emotion. He's a real fucking guy. You know, he, people just genuinely are attracted to him, and that's why he got over. Does WWE always find a way to fucking make that situation right no they always move away from that they didn't get it with brian either they didn't get Look it with how hard Sami it was Zane. for them to put the championship on rvd yes that's I another mean, good was, one it was so hard for them to put the championship on rvd but when you had him win the money in the bank and he called a shot at ecw one night stand i was there there was no way cena was walking out of that building alive if he won, <laughs> I'm telling you, I have been in some hostile environments, man. You were I, in that crowd, man. That's the one crowd I, I wish was. I could be in, man. The fucking Cena threw that shirt. They do it right back at him like three or four different times, man. You so knew when, what type of match was going to be after that. Yeah. I was two rows behind the guy um, who I believe was a former ECW talent who like flipped Cena off, spit in the shirt and threw it back. I'm, I'm on the, the, the pay-per-view. I'm also, if you have the DVD, if you're a dinosaur, if you go watch the extras, they interview me and one of my best friends, uh, after the show. So I will tell you that that crowd, you, there was no, I don't care if John Cena or, or uh, Rob held the championship for one night and he dropped it on raw. There was no way John Cena was leaving that building with the championship because they wanted to kill Randy Orton when he came out. Yeah. They wanted to kill him. That's not an exaggeration. And they gave you the Sabu uh, Mysterio match, which blew my mind. And, and they did a good job, but man, there was no way Cena was walking out of that building. And that was the best, the ticket stuff's right behind me. It's right, it's right here. Um, but they, that was the best crowd I've ever been a part of. That's one of the best, um, that's the, one of the best WWE produced shows ever. I mean, that's one of the greatest pay-per-views ever. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah. But I mean, you know, to that extent, like Sammy doesn't need to win their world championship no. to be over. He's over. No, it's, it's, uh. On, on Raw, it's Cody, Seth, and then KO Sammy. I mean, they're, they're basically the fucking... They're, they're holding that show on their backs along with the other two guys. I mean, it, it's what they're doing. Yeah, Don't take anything away from them. Ed Sammy's in main event after main event yeah. on Monday Night Raw. He'll have a big program at SummerSlam. Could it be against Judgment Day? I think Dom and Priest Damien. need to do yeah. something. So, yeah. yeah. And I also think that you could see Priest cash in at SummerSlam, truthfully. I I, I, I I could see that. I, I mentioned this on my post show last night. If we get Balor and Rollins, which is official now for the world title, uh, I could genuinely see WWE going for a shock factor here with Balor winning the championship and holding it for 20 seconds, you know, getting his revenge on Rollins, only for him to lose it again because Priest cashed in. I mean, is that situation you could see play out? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Finn and, and Balor, or Finn and Balor, Finn and Priest, you know, they kind of like tease the whole like ah, i love you brother and all that other stuff like they're breaking up i mean that yeah they're finn's out priest will probably stay or maybe it's the opposite maybe they send priest on his way and they keep him but one of them is out of judgment day and i think that it's not going to crumble that group because they'll add somebody to it yeah jd um, McDonald. just yeah or maybe somebody else it's just a matter of who and when and truthfully um both of those guys are going to be fine on their own finn that promo with seth and finn 
was fantastic. That backstage segment was fantastic. Very NXT like. Black and yeah. gold. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, one other news to note before we move on to the rest of the show here, Drew. We got uh, new women's tag team champions in Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Uh, I said last night that they took the titles off of Liv and Raquel suddenly, which, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of sad, the state of the tag team titles, because I feel bad for Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. They had to drop the titles to Ronda and Shayna, only for Ronda and Shayna to fucking go through what they're going through, to drop it to Liv and Raquel, and then Liv and Raquel drop it to Chelsea and Sonya. Chelsea and Sonya are the, are the women that could realistically hold the championship for a little bit. WWE is not going to really stress about the titles being on them. They're, they're a, a decent enough heel team to drop the titles to, I would say, Caden Carter and, and Katana Chance, who are, are going to be hopefully an over babyface team. But the most important thing is with Rhea, she has no opponents. And, and Raquel and Liv serve as opponents. I would rather Rhea challenge Raquel uh, for the championship without Raquel holding the tag team titles because then you're going to be presenting yourself in a similar situation that Naomi and Sasha Banks had to go through because WWE, as the rumors went, wanted Sasha and Naomi to wrestle, you know, Ronda and Bianca individually as tag team champions. You'd just be repeating history at that point. So you can't really do that, but now they can. And I think the greater thing is here that Rhea has now opponents that she can look forward to. Rhea and Raquel, Rhea and Liv, and then Rhea and Shayna, potentially, if she beats Ronda at SummerSlam. So she's got a nice little group of opponents here coming up. See, and I think you saved yourself and, ever, and the comments that were made um, with that last like line there. The yeah. reason, I think a lot of people make a big deal about, oh, they, they keep changing the championships. Let me ask you something. No offense to those women who are the current tag team champions, because I think they're great. Does anybody give a... Red shit. hot shit no. about the t- women's tag team championships. No. no, you don't. So stop it. And if you do, good for you. You're in the minority. So I will say this. I think the hot potato of the tag team championships, they're basically using them to uh, accentuate other feuds. So basically they had Rhea kind of cost Raquel um, and live the tag team championship so that Raquel can go to a program with Rhea and Shayna and Ronda held the title so that they could split. So people are pissed about that. I give me a fucking break. Let's just enjoy what they're putting out. <laughs> and and realistically, Chelsea Green now and Sonya Deville, who are doing next to nothing besides being entertaining, are now the tag team champions. And maybe they'll hold them for a while because I mean they've invested a lot into Chelsea's character recently, which is a, a breath of fresh air, right? I mean, because yeah. normally they would have just done nothing with her. So I just think that. They're using those championships, the women's tag team championships, as kind of like a platform to get to the next level of a feud, which I understand could piss off some people. But guys, they're just championship belts, titles. They're, that's all they are. Like, let's just, I mean, you want to know what? Unless it's the two, you know, the four major championships, who gives a shit? Stop it. So that's uh, that's what happened on Monday Night Raw. One SmackDown note. Uh, genuinely curious about your reaction on this. L.A. Knight internally listed as a heel and not a babyface. Uh, I think we all know that he's a babyface. But that's not where the uh, discussion lies, Drew. Apparently, with L.A. Knight on Friday Night SmackDown coming up, he's going up uh, against Sheamus, Cameron Grimes, and Rey Mysterio in a U.S. title invitational. On this past Friday, we had... Santos Escobar win the first round of the U.S. title invitational. Now, if things go according to the way they should, L.A. Knight should walk out Friday as the winner of his block, and Santos Escobar versus L.A. Knight should happen on the following week's SmackDown. Now, those are two baby faces. WWE thinks L.A. Knight is a heel. 
But I honestly We're, think they'll be doing Santos Escobar the service here, bro. If they do LA Knight versus Santos Escobar, I mean, that's not going to really be a good look for Santos because everybody's going to be pro LA Knight. What do, what do you make of that? Where did where do we get this whole like internal roster shit? Mike Johnson, bro. I don't fucking know. I don't All report right. this well, shit. Well, I mean, to that point, Mike is very respectable. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I think that LA Knight and Austin Theory are going to have their match at SummerSlam for the United States Championship. I think that WWE giving that win to Santos Escobar um, was fantastic, and I think that they are showing that they are invested in him. Just like I think on SmackDown, I put the tweet out here. Uh, about a week ago that I do believe that WWE is kind of invested in that young blood talent yeah. that we saw from NXT. And I think that's good. I mean, you know, um, even in defeat, Grayson Waller looked good. That, I mean, that, you, that's my next point. You don't think he should have won last week. I mean, it, it was tailor made for him to win. He lost to edge. He would have got a win in that fatal four way. He would have got his first win on, on SmackDown and then went to the match with LA Knight, LA Knight and lost. I mean, I, I just don't see why they gave it to Escobar, not Grayson Waller. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, okay. So Grayson Waller's had a lot of momentum recently. Yeah. Edge. Yeah. Cena. Um, and right. So you want to throw him in a match with LA Knight where he, LA Knight beats him? I mean, I that to me I just doesn't make any sense. Santos Escobar got a win. People will remember that. And then he's going to lose to LA Knight. And then, you know, hopefully Santos Escobar's momentum keeps going up. As long as Santos is in some premium programs here with top talent. I think he's going to be just fine. And the same goes with LA Knight. I think people make a big deal about wins and losses. And I know AW makes a big deal about it, but it doesn't fucking matter. It's the pro wrestling business and it's all about reactions and moments. And right now you're seeing people react um, to the moments that LA Knight is providing. And the same thing goes with Grayson Walt, whether it's program with edge at SummerSlam or it's these backstage stuff or the Twitter stuff with Dwayne, the rock Johnson, as long as they're getting reactions, gives a shit. Just make sure that they're on your television set. They don't need to win every champ. They don't need to be the Ultimo Dragon with 900 championship belts. Okay. Well, people certainly reacted to Bobby Lashley. You think we're getting a new uh, a new hurt business with the Street Profits? I think they're starting to listen to the, the vocal minority on Twitter, where people are like, "I want the hurt business back." Where's the hurt business? And I think that's perfect for the Street Profits. Yes, they need to change like, totally. Yeah, they're just floundering, right? Yeah. I mean, are we going to turn Ford? I, I like, would. He's turn got main all, event potential four, written all over Dawkins, him. Turn Dawkins, turn Bianca. Why not? Yeah, he's got main event potential written all over him. So. I think it's uh, I think it's a good move. We'll see what happens there. That was uh, that was on SmackDown. Shifting gears to AEW here, and then we'll get into the super chats. Uh, Collision Drew. We'll start with that. Ricky Starks shocks CM Punk wins the Owen. Shocks who? Uh, I shocks mean, who? You, shocks who? You idiots. Shocks you, who? You're not shocked. <laughs> no. Why? What is CM Punk gonna do with that with that trophy? It does I don't mind for Ricky him. Starks winning it, but All the right, thing good. is, is he turning heel? Is there a heel turn? Because there was a lot of heel, a lot of heel vibe coming off of him stealing the trophy from uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and running away like a like a, a, a fucking you know conceited bitch on uh, on Saturday night. What was that about? I don't know, but is Jushin Thunder Liger gonna have a match in AEW? I hope not. He's retired. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Wrestlers are retired. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe Starks and Punk. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm very intrigued, but you know, I'm not I'm not uh upset that Ricky Starks won. So No, you shouldn't be. The only thing is I said this to you last week, you know, the the red bag. You know, I didn't want CM Punk to lose until uh somebody was ready to take that belt from him. Because you know that's in the, that's what's in the bag, but he lost on Saturday night. So does that uh, factor into what happened here? I think we need to, every time you or somebody else asks about what's in the bag, we what's in the play sack, that clip. Bro. What's in the box? 
sucks. That's what yeah. we need to like play that clip. Uh, you know, I think we're headed there eventually, but realistically right now, I think the story punk's got two stories. Essentially he's got Joe who we didn't see last Saturday, who, which I thought would have been interesting to maybe cost on the match. They kept punk strong, which I think what a W kept punk strong, which is important. It was a roll up and he cheated. Okay. Yeah. He, that's a heel tactic. He also ripped the trophy. Ricky Starks away from Jushin Thunder Liger, another heel tactic. So yes, all signs point to Ricky Starks being a heel, which is fine by me. He needs it. It's great. And now punk has that possible feud too, but you don't want to give punk is kind of taking a little bit and it's the, you know, the, the time old tale in the wrestling business. They're not, he's not taking everything quickly. It's not instant gratification. He's building it up. It's simmering. It's simmering. It's simmering. It's, and then it's going to explode. And I think we're going to start to see that soon with all in and all out. I think punk is on a upward trajectory and on his way up. He put over Ricky Starks. Yeah, I like it. Punk is doing his thing over there. Ricky Starks deserves it. Willow Nightingale won the women's Owen. I was kind of rooting for Ruby. Uh, I made this point on Saturday when I did my post show, Willow is great. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like with Ruby, she, this is her second year in a row. She lost the finals and the outcast, bro. What are they doing with the outcast? Because I feel like their whole, their whole shtick is they want to, they want to mold the women's division in their own, their own image. we got Tony Storm as the women's champion. And then we got Ruby Soho, you know, basically a loser on Saturday night. I, I think it would have done the outcast more good if she won the Owen than Willow, but Willow ended up winning it. What, what do you think about that? Um, you know, I the outcast, I, I love that Ruby put over Willow. Um, I think they really went with the um we need to make this tournament kind of elevate talent. So I'm glad they went there. I would have liked to see Ruby win too. I didn't care if Punk won either, but I think it's good that AEW is elevating new talent. Um to me, besides, and I'm just gonna be honest, like all three of these women are very good looking. They're gorgeous in their own right, but I feel like they just trot them out in skimpy clothes and they just they don't really do anything. And I'm kind of like, they're all single stars in their own right. So let's let's do that. I don't mind the group, but hey, like let's win some championships or something. And I know Tony's got, you know, her championship run and her reign and stuff like that. But for me, it's just like the other two, I mean, they keep taking L's. Yeah. So it's it's just uh, a downer for the whole group. I I, I don't know where they're going there. But uh, the obviously FTR Bullet Club, you know, we alluded to that a little bit earlier. 57 minutes, one of the best tag team matches that you'll see anywhere. Probably the best tag team match all year that you'll see in 2023. Uh, that is Jay White's show along with CM Punk. He is absolutely a fucking stud. I can't wait to see what they do with him uh, moving on with Collision. And uh, Dynamite, Drew. We had two big uh, pieces of news come out of Dynamite. Obviously, we'll get to blood and guts. But first, Nick Wayne making his AEW debut against Swerve Strickland. Uh, 18 years old. What would you think of his performance? I thought he did uh, very well. He reminded me of a young Will Ospreay. Swerve is excellent always. I thought they had a very good match. Uh, but at 18 years old, is he going to be uh, a staple on AEW television? I, I don't think for, for 18 years old he should be. Um, well, I think time will tell, right? And I think it's the very PC answer, um, and it's very corporate. But I will tell you this. I think AEW has always had their finger on the pulse better than WWE in more recent years because yeah. I think that Vince McMahon has kind of and Nick Khan has kind of pulled away from um, NXT being the, we're going to sign some really over ind independent wrestlers and, you know, let them kind of mold here in our facilities. Uh, AW really does have their finger on the pulse with bringing in these talents that are hot on the independent scene and are just starting to get hot or red hot. Um, so I would like to see more of him. I thought he had a great match and uh, I guess time will tell truthfully. 
You know, the one thing that I took away from him in his match, he he is very good at 18 years old, man, selling. I thought his selling was very good for 18 years old. And that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. It's a very good point. And I think for everybody watching this, what JD just said uh, just gives you a little bit of insight into uh, his, his wrestling mind where, you know, if you can't sell, you can't make money in this business. The one thing that I always appreciate about Brock, bro, no matter how fucking repetitive Brock is, the one thing he does better than anybody is fucking sell when he's in the ring against somebody, especially if he wants to work with him. He is incredible. Yeah, right before um, Brock was scheduled to work, I think it was Drew, I want to say. He really put over Drew McIntyre yeah. to the point where, like, he was telling Drew, and it was audible. You could hear it. Yep. Hey, you know, hit me with this, and 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 I'm going to sell. Like, do and, and, you know, like, just the little things. I mean, Brock put over AJ. He made AJ look like a million bucks. Yeah, Brian. Yep. I love the match with Brian and Brock was Brock is so good, but that's what I took away from Nick Wayne. And then uh, Drew went in with this uh, Cody Bushi pack announced for blood and guts. I'm excited about those two additions. Pack kind of surprised me, but I'm always glad to see pack back on AEW television. He is phenomenal. Uh, what are you expecting from blood and guts? How do you think this is going to go? I feel like this is going to be the best iteration of blood and guts yet. And what do you think comes out of all this? Does, does this end the feud after this match is over? Um, does it end the feud? It possibly, I think it should. I think you don't have this match unless it's the final yep. blow off. Um, I think Pac was a perfect addition and I think there is no chance in hell that Abushi and the golden elite, uh, lose this match. No, I don't, you think don't so. bring him in No, to take an L. And I think Abushi might stay with, uh, EW for a little bit here. I hope so. Do we see anybody fly off the cage tomorrow night? Absolutely. <laughs> They're going to do some wild shit because they don't have those rights and restrictions and rules. Poor Wheeler Yuta, bro. He's going off the fucking cage somewhere. I don't know where, when, but it's going to happen. Yeah, look for the, uh, if the ramp is like, you know, elevated, the entrance ramp, watch out. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, guys, we are going to get into uh, the Super Chats in uh, just a second. But I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday nights. Drew and I really appreciate it. Please follow us on social media at JD from NY206, myself, and then at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. Make sure you guys go follow us both. Hit that subscribe button down below if you guys want more content from the channel. And please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes today on episode five of TNT. JD, can I say something real quick? Yeah. How many runs do you think Arizona Atlanta have put up? Well, the last I, I checked, it was the fourth inning. It was 7-5. 29 combined runs. The Mets and White Sox, 20 combined runs. It is 11-9 Mets. And what is, is going 16, on here? 16 to 13. 13. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Oh, my goodness, man. And that's in Atlanta, too. Holy shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. What, are the Mets winning? Yes, for now. Mets winning for now. Okay. For now. All right, let's uh, let's get into these super chats. Uh, Lord J. Coyle with a two dollar super chat. Is it ticket Drew like it is Big Bronson? <laughs> sure. <laughs> What's sure. with the nicknames lately, bro? Well, Big Bronson Reed and fucking uh, uh, all these nicknames now. Well, what what is uh, Seth freaking Rollins and uh, B- Rhea Bloody Ripley? I mean, that's got to be uh, Dirty uh, Dom. You, yeah, Dirty Dom. That's got to be a you know who thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it just differentiates them. But, I mean, J.D., he's always called me Ticket Drew. So did Justin LaBar. So it yeah. just kind of stuck. Tone C, I see you, brother. Thank you for the 100 
in super chat what's up jd andrew bay bay and the whole ots family sipping on an ice cold jim beam and ginger beer tonight enjoying my 33rd birthday can't wait for SummerSlam. i will be attending in detroit should be a great show bro i might be at wrestlecon you might be at wrestlecon i might be at wrestlecon i'm not signing autographs no i'm not that popular but i might you know you know you know who's not going to be at wrestlecon you me me i'm not going to be at wrestling rick steiner won't be at wrestling either they got rid of him. No comment. No comment. I'm not, I'm not touching that with a fucking 10-foot pole next <laughs> I think that's a very wise decision. <laughs> <laughs> but good on them, man. Whatever. They want to do what they want to do. For, forget about it. Uh, Jason Barker with a $5 super chat. Stone Rock Steve Johnson versus Baby Cena for the United States title at SummerSlam. Book at oh, WWE. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, it's going to happen, Jason. It's going to happen. Uh, Otis with 19 months. As I get closer to my gold microphone, I want to thank my OTS family for getting me through a very difficult time when my dog passed away. Hashtag OTS for life. I'm sorry to hear that, Otis. Uh, anytime it comes to anybody's fur babies, family pets, uh, I am uh, very sensitive about that shit, man. They are very important to me. And yeah. uh, my thoughts and prayers are with you, buddy. I have a dog and two cats, and they're a part of the family. I have yeah. six children. Three, three actual and yeah. three pets. And my dog sleeps with me every night. So yep. I get it. Same thing with my cats. Love them. Uh, Otis, thank you, brother. Phil with a 999. Hey, JD and Drew, keep up the fantastic work on TNT. I'm going to Blood and Guts tomorrow, and I can't wait to see what the show has in store. Stay safe. God bless. Keep it 100 like you guys always do. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, I want to let, let your fans know, too, um, that Blood and Guts, they have released more tickets there in Boston at the TD Garden. So go ahead and jump on over and grab your tickets. Uh, if you do plan to attend, they're upper level, but there's if you want to get in the building, go grab them. Yeah, Blood and Guts sold well, all out selling well too, isn't it, right? Yeah, all out sold well during the pre-sale. I think they're about like at 8,000 sold without a match announced. They're going nice. to try and bump that attendance to 15K, and All In has done massive business, 77,000. So. And that will only go up when matches are actually announced for that. Goldberg. It's happening. Uh, Boxhead with 11 months. Thank you, brother. In a day or two, I'll hit 12 months as an OTS VIP. Cheers. Thank you, Boxhead. That uh, means a lot to me, brother. Susan the Ambrose with a five. Hey, JD and Drew just wanted to say F the haters and just keep doing what you do best. JD all the way. Thank you, uh, Susan. I really appreciate that. A little bit of a rough week over here, but we'll get through. Uh, Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Is there any chance that having Cody win the Rumble again can backfire on WWE? and get another Roman 2015 backlash, and who is Roman getting after Jay? It's a good question. Um, I'll answer this first, and I'll send it to Drew. I don't think there'll be any backfire on Cody winning the Rumble. Uh, they have to book it right. Hopefully, he comes out at number one this year and does it. It's a little bit more believable, but uh, I, I don't think there'll, any be, there'll be any blowback, Drew. No, I don't think there'll be blowback. I think that while it might not be what you know, me and JD and, and the other you know 1,300 want to see in here, um, it's it's a lot of other people will be fine with it. So no, no blowback. And who does Roman get after Jay? That's a that's a good question. I I don't know. Uh, maybe Jimmy. Jimmy's gonna be off TV for a little bit. A little bit. Maybe we get Jimmy versus Roman. I'm gonna say this. I think Roman's taking uh, payback and fast lane off. I could see that. Jay versus Solo definitely happened though. That's what they teased on SmackDown. I think Solo is gonna cost uh, Jay the championship at SummerSlam, yes. and I think that Jay and um, so they'll have a program, those two pay-per-views. At payback, uh, apropos payback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Beyond the script, 199 on StreamYard. How do you keep your audio so clear? Uh, I have uh, the proper equipment, brother. Yeah, Road Insure. Yeah, Road Insure. You can't go wrong with Road Insure, man. That's all I own. 
Uh, Jason with a $5 super chat. Eight town down all the way. As much as I love LA Knight, Austin Theory should not be losing the U.S. title. OTS for life. Jason, you may be the only one that thinks that in this chat. I think LA Knight is taking that title and deserves the title. Austin Theory's yeah. reign has been, and I love Austin Theory. I think he's great, but his reign has been shit. Yeah, you know, I think that they had high hopes for Austin Theory. He's got the look, and he had a, a, a good promo battle with Cena for a little bit. But after that, I mean, I, I just haven't seen much out of the kid. Yep. Uh, Jason Bark with a five. Alexa Bliss is having a baby girl. That's congratulations to her. Congratulations. I'm sure. I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's some geeks out there that already know the child's name. Uh, <laughs> children will change your life. So I, I wish know. you all the best. <laughs> I, I've been told. Uh, Lizzie Venus with a five. Great show and great format. You guys rock. And she leaves a uh, metal horns emoji and a fire emoji. Thank you, Lizzie. Uh, bro, listen, Blake, our friend Blake says you're a Creed fan. That's true. No, you're not. A, you're not. You're not a fan of the band Creed. What? Well, he's he's I mean, bullshitting to me then. Oh well, Blake's a giant bullshitter. <laughs> because um, I, was, I was like, why listen, is Creed getting a reunion, man? You got basically Alter Bridges Creed with a fucking superior singer, Scott Stapp. Right. Man, I'm not a fan, man. No, I I like Alter Bridge. Um, when I was younger, I really dug on Corn, uh, Incubus, Rage Against the Machine, um, System of a Down. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I Creed's first album or second album was okay, but no, I'm, I'm not seeing Creed in concert ever. Okay, so. no, good, me neither. Um, 24 with a 499. I think Andrew Garza is so good. No offense to Humberto, but he's way more capable than Epico and Primo ripoff with Humberto. Uh, yeah, Angel Garza, man, I think they dropped the ball with him, but it's nice to see him on NXT. I know him and Humberto are down there on NXT getting some work, just like Baron Corbin is, but. I mean, it's it's just something that needed to happen. They were doing nothing on the main roster, so good for them. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Twisted with 17 months. Keep up the great work, J.D. and Drew. 17-month uh, membership. I'm getting close to that 24 months. So happy AW's coming to Montreal in December for my birthday. Uh, that may be uh, where we start to see the MJF uh, bidding war of 2024 begin. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, B- God, that is one giant work. Just yeah, so you guys know. Is, I love it. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, B.W. Rosas with a $2 Super Chat. Dom just won the NXT North American title from Wes Lee. Yes, Drew and I talked about that a little bit ago. Uh, I, I may have to uh, do a little bit of an extra on that later tonight or tomorrow. That's pretty interesting stuff there. And then Jay with a 199 Dirty Dom won. Just wanted to send a Super Chat. Thank you, Jay. Yep. For the 199 uh, Drew, episode five in the books, man. Any uh, any parting words before we get the hell out of here? Uh, no, I think you all should enjoy your families, your friends, and the life that you have because uh, every day is a blessing and you should never take one for granted. So um, I appreciate the love and support, and I just wish that everybody would uh, would enjoy themselves and stop worrying about what's on their television and taking it too seriously because it's entertainment at its finest and i i love that you guys pop in here but maybe take a breath and stop always blaming vince mcmahon for everything (laughs) this fucking guy man (laughs) that's for you anyway uh i appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with me tonight andrew uh we'll be back next week with episode six man we're glad you're enjoying the format and enjoying the show and discussion Thank you guys very much. Continue to hit that thumbs up and that subscribe button down below. Follow me on social media. Follow Drew on social media. Next time you see me, we'll be live tomorrow night with Jesse for AW Dynamite right here on OTS. Until then, guys, take care, and I will see you all on Wednesday night.